Thanks for joining us today on the Free World Podcast. We got Brian, the semicolon Weber. He's got a fight coming up on February 1st uh, at Welterweight for Front Street Fights 18. Been out of the game for a little while. We don't use the word retired. He was just less competitive there for a bit. So having an awesome comeback fight. We're pumped that he's here with us. Outside of fighting, he's got an awesome, awesome story. Uh, His bouts with uh, health issues, ulcerative colitis, uh, being a college wrestler, and being in the game since the Wild West days of MMA, we had an awesome conversation hanging out today. What did you think, Tim? Yeah, this was dope. Um, I think everybody will be super stoked to hear this guy's story. Uh, as far as um, where his nickname comes from to his little comeback here. So, uh, do we went two hours. And this is not uh, too common for your show. Not at all, man. But I had a yeah. great time. I was just yeah. getting lost in conversation, having an awesome time. He's great Same. to talk to. and. Uh, has an awesome story, and if you if you know Brian, which pretty much everybody in the community does, he's a super cool dude to just hang out and chat with. Yeah, I think um, for most people who don't follow MMA or the fight scene, and if they do follow it and have not been following it for the last like 15, 20 years, I think there is a lot of history also oh, yeah. to be learned um, from this uh, this conversation. It was really interesting for me. I was taking photos for the first little part of it, but um, I picked up on a lot of the really cool stuff you guys are talking about as far as, you know, the history of MMA and, and the type of, um, you know, the, 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 the sanctioning that went on before it actually became a little more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And that, that was extremely uh, interesting and informative for somebody like myself who I thought I had somewhat of an understanding and a little bit of a grasp on the history of MMA because I have been following it since um, like the tournament days back in the 90s sure. and before it was purchased and, and turned over and whatnot. But um, but there was a lot of things that you guys taught me that I had no idea of. So I, as far as like anybody who's interested in MMA history or um current fight game local fight scene whatever it might be this is like uh an awesome show and uh and i had a lot of fun just listening to you guys geek for sure yeah we touched on a lot of a lot of cool stuff so uh, i had a great time so thanks for hanging out stay tuned yeah most definitely and have a wonderful rest of your day oh wait hold on everybody also go to rhinorush.com we get a 15 percent off code our studio is now sponsored and we've been sponsored for like the last couple months but if you haven't listened to um free roll for a little bit we are now sponsored by rhino rush so head over there do channel 9915 that's c-h-a-n-n-e-l 9915 get 15% off they have rhino rush relax it's super popular people love it um it's constantly on my shows so if you go to any other channel 99 shows uh you'll definitely hear people rave about it um so go ahead get stacked up get jacked up also swing by jack's nutrition they're doing a uh two for 40 deal on the pro edge nutrition products um they are located here on eel road it's the only place you can buy our stuff unless you're a sponsored athlete um at uh, numerous like high school and college programs sorry um you just got to go to jackson church and that's the only place you can buy it <laughs> so all right everybody make sure that uh you subscribe give us five stars pass the episode along and uh yeah have a wonderful rest of your day sweet yeah peace shut up and sit down
Was Friday like the last hard sparring day for you? Friday was the last hard sparring day. It was going to be Saturday, and uh, the media guys were like, he, they had Friday, so I'm like, done. So I sent out, a, like, he, I tried to get all my friends and people who've come in and beat me up over the process of this to come in and just get on camera. So Nice. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Come in, take pictures, all that stuff. went way too hard. I was so tired. <laughs> I was beat to shit. I got home, and uh, I was just wound up from doing the interview and sparring and i was like man that was like five months of hard training wrapped up not injured and i didn't i went to sleep at like 4 a.m jeez was just so spun up so how'd you feel on saturday i was beat i was sore and i was like man i went too hard i got lumped a little bit by one of our wrestlers mm -hmm. so i had a, just a tiny little it looks more like a zit pop but mm -hmm. it was kind of a bump and i was like a head-to-head -head clash or yeah something? i got headbutted like three times and then toby came in and uh he was so excited. He just coming after me. He like pulled me down, kneed me in the gut, and then <laughs> swinging like back up, hit him with a right hand. Like, dude, settle down. You know, I, I don't need to go crazy. Today. Right, we and still got to fight. We still got to fight. Still got to fight. And I don't need to get injured. So uh, it was good. But I was I was so wound up after that. Mostly, I was shocked. Like we did it. You know, we we still got to do the fight and go and show up. I'm like camps. You know, pretty much around. I'll do some pads and stuff. But yeah. it, mentally, it was I was just still kind of. It was cool. Just yeah. jacked up. Just jacked up. One yeah. one good final hard day. Long night. Lots of hours. Yeah, all, all people around you. Yeah, yeah. All, I mean, just people I love, man. And all my girls were there. And um, Ricky made it in. Toby, Ray. I mean, just the people who came in to you know put hands on me. The last day was pretty cool. Sure. So it was kind of like, you know, like I was gonna cry a little bit. I'm like that. That was pretty sweet. So <laughs> perfect way fun. to end up in camp. It was a perfect up. way to end it. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So it was cool. I was happy to be there, man. Thanks for the invite. It was a lot of fun. You bet. You bet. I, I was hurting on Saturday. I had, I had this brilliant idea where I was going to hit Nogi at SBG, warm up a little bit, come and down to come Gracie over. Baja, yeah. and instead it ended up being like a couple few hours of just straight rolling. And then on Saturday I was just like, oh, man, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I feel it. Everything yeah. hurts. <laughs> I had this big pictured in my mind we do um at, at gracie Baja, we do like shark tanks for birthdays nice. so, so we kind of we throw everyone in and everyone takes like a minute or 30 seconds and comes out and they're like they put it on you and i'm sure. like that'd be fun to do like a shark tank from a last hard day right and so all the muay thai guys will come in and they'll, they'll muay thai the shit out of me and the jujitsu guys will I'm like we'll include the kids and in my mind i was building this up and it'll be great it'll be a half hour hard training um so I, I went there, showed up, and I was like, I was going to warm up early. I got there at like 6.30. And so I jumped rope pretty good at a good clip for about a half an hour. Hard sparring started at 7. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm good. So I started going through, and I went totally. through with my girls. And then, then the, um, Olin started showing up to do media. And so we, we started to pick up. And then all of a sudden it was like an hour and I was just beat tired. And then the Muay Thai guys showed up. I'm like, oh, this is going to be rough, man. <laughs> so I put my gloves on, got in front of Matt, and – uh yeah, I was just standing there eating punches, you know, which is, it was great. So, I can't imagine just being worn down from, from rolling in the gi and then slapping on gloves and doing rounds. You're a brave man. It was so much. I wouldn't have not done it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's, I think it's always good to train tired and, and I'd plan on getting some rounds in, but oh, yeah. I didn't plan on standing in front of Isaac and Matt exhausted, just going, <laughs> oh man, this is not supposed to be how my last sparring goes, but it was cool. Hey, if you can stand in front of those guys tired, you can stand in front of anybody fresh. You could, yeah, yeah, they're both destroyers, man, and they, 
and they kind of took it seriously so they were popping me and i was like oh shit it, it is the last hearts barn around so it was fun it was good totally yeah matt may is an, an animal i that was the first time i met isaac but matt may is an animal i love i love it when he comes into sparring days because kind of organized rounds you know like okay this person this person this person yeah. this person and then like somebody finishes up a really good round of something they're comfortable with and they're like all right you're gonna go with matt in the cage and you just see it'll just fuck you're like, oh, can i just man. have an off round like, i don't want to do this i want to cry and you love matt because He's, his attitude's the best. He loves sparring. He's the nicest guy. You totally. Know, and be, totally. And, you know, we've been sparring for 15 years. Mm -hmm. and, and you could, and you always, some days you feel good. Like, hey, let's just go for shit. Some days you're tired. Uh, you know, let's just take it easy. And with him and I, it's always the same. So we come in there and one of us lands something. The other one steps back in and then it's a fight. Or, yeah, I mean, it's, totally. it's hard sparring. And totally. And then he gets hissing through his mouthpiece and you're like, this is, this is fun. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy to spar with. I haven't, I haven't sparred in years. I remember years ago I sparred with Matt, and he hit me with a body kick, and I swear to God, my soul left my body for like a minute and a half. And I was like, I died. I'm dead. I, oh, I'm dead. just officially retired. Matt killed me. Matt killed me. <laughs> he's just he's a brute. A... He's awesome, though. I love him. So you got a big fight coming up uh, next weekend, a big return fight. Now, you are never retired. You're just yeah. not competing. Exactly. we got to be yeah. specific Let's about be specific. this. Yeah, there was I, no retirement. There was no retirement. I just stopped training and got really fat and <laughs> ate too much food and didn't do any sparring and wasn't going to the MMA gym. Sure. So, but not retired. No, no, no. Of course the, not. The competition never goes away. Never goes away. Always yeah. doing something. Always training, always competing in something. Yeah, yeah. You can deny that fighter you know spirited side but it yeah it's always there so totally yeah. i'm pumped man next friday at front street fights 18 you got a welterweight bout um who, who's your opponent uh jacob hawk okay and he's a replacement he's the, yeah the th i think he's the third replacement so the second official one i think i'm not sure how many people sign contracts but sure. it's supposed to be will don't call it first so. nice yeah. okay and he felt an injury, I, I assume. I guess he hurt his hand. Sure. Happens. Happens. Happens, happens. a lot, unfortunately. Well, hopefully they can make that match again later on. That would be an exciting fight. But yeah. Jacob's Jacob's an exciting fight, too. He's been, he's been in front street a couple times and have a good time watching him fight. So I'm excited for you. Yeah, me too. Now, a lot of people, your fight specifically, not the main event, but you kind of think it was based on, like, the excitement around this thing. It's all Jen, man. Um, she... Uh, we, we kind of agreed to do this thing as a family thing, right? You know? Sure. So um, that the social media promotions tickets and um, like now they have a, a semicolon T-shirt. Jen did all that. Nice. That was nothing to me. That part kind of stressed me out. I just wanted to compete. But <laughs> she um, she went on to social media and then announced the fight. And I think I don't know how many tables are in Front Street, but, you know, between Jen's people and my work people, they sold, they sold like most of them gone wow in the first couple hours that's was amazing like, it was like 12 tables she's and a so you're, she's a, she's a great publicist she's a great saying. publicist yeah <laughs> i don't it, all that was like for a while i was like shit i still gotta show up and fight right sure. you know there's all this crazy promo and crap and she's like, sure. don't worry about that yeah they all love you so um yeah she's just kind of done that and chased it she's worked tirelessly this has been like her job that's so. awesome it has been really cool good for her for for doing that and giving you that support and man that's got to be just it's nice to just not have to deal with that not even especially a if yeah. somebody else is going to do it and do it so well and yeah she's blown it up i was like you do you should go out there and fight everyone wants <laughs> to see you and he's like, no it's you so it, that part has been cool and and this is jen as as i remember correct me if i'm wrong world champ 
Gen- IBJJF world champ. IBJJF Badass. world champ. Yeah, yeah. So she's no she's no slouch out there either. She wore that medal for weeks after we came back from IBJJFs. She's you know just had it strapped around her neck and just to just to rub it in that you know <laughs> that I got bumped out of that tournament. She's like, hey. She came home with a medal. I'm sure it was a fun car ride home. Yes, that hey, was. It I was, got my medal. Where, it, where's yours? It was awesome. She's hooked on jujitsu. She loves it. Cool. She's obsessed cool. with the sport. Um, so it was. Coaching her in that finals match was the most stressful, intense thing I've ever done in my entire life. Worse than when you're out there? Oh, a million times. I love to fight, and then I'm relaxed when I'm out there, and I get to kind of do my thing. Um, coaching is it's a different animal, man. My girls laugh. They do this little thing where they have we have Jen's video, and we'll go back and watch it, and basically like the emotions come back and i'll be shouting at the phone you know break those grips you know come on the side control and the that thing memorized and i'm shouting at just watching this youtube video like i was there and i'm i'm in the video shouting and i'm shouting and sweating just watching it it's, I, it was a cool cool thing to watch her win that that's awesome yeah. that's awesome hopefully the first of many tournaments for her she'll be defending now i yeah, know so, so we're looking at uh yeah august going back and she can defend her IBJJF World Championship. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean that's 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 assuming she's at the same belt going back. That's, she's gonna get bumped. She's gonna be a blue belt. Yeah. yeah. Next, uh, I think two weeks from now. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Ray was telling me you guys are having a big belt promotion. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. So she get bumped up. That's awesome. Very cool. And then she can win one of blue and just keep going. Exactly. Yeah. She's all yoked and ripped too. So we cruised around that IBJJF tournament. And she looks just like she should be there. You know, she's got guns and a tank top and she's cruising around she looks like all the other jujitsu people totally yeah fits right in yeah so it's cool you guys are like in the, the most in shape 40 plus people on the planet she's a wrecking ball yeah she's older than me too i really I that in as much as i can yeah five never days five days oh nice yeah, yeah so her birthday is five days before me so it's i get to see how bad and how stiff i'm gonna be next week so if her back cracks or something I'm like oh man i have to better start stretching <laughs> next week's gonna be a rough week for me yeah just by that week you're yep. a week older than me yep that's hilarious we're sitting down today with brian the semi colon weber first and foremost as that phrase comes out of my mouth dude where does this nickname come from the semicolon uh, i say that because uh i'm less full of shit than everyone else and i could prove it with an x-ray <laughs> no so um I, I don't know how much of the story you want on that but uh I had a disease called ulcerative colitis. I guess you carry the disease forever. But, uh, um I had to have a total colectomy back in the day. And, th- and this was kind of my not retired, retired thing. So most sure. of my fights of my fight career, I was kind of going in and out of um, dealing with that disease and surgeries and medications as a result of that. So um, I don't have a large intestine. So when they take out your colon, they make a, had a colostomy for like six, seven weeks. Uh-huh. It's like the longest six, seven weeks of my life. And then they put it all inside, but they man make a colon. Um, so I jokingly, like later, this came about. So when I recovered from that surgery, I kind of started competing mm-hmm. again. Um, and I, I work out at HP, so I have all these coworker friends, and they, they don't understand the fighting piece, but they, they support it. So they were coming down to one of the shows downtown. I don't remember what it was called, but you know, they're like, What's your nickname? And I was like, I don't have a nickname, you know. And it was this group of smart asses, and they're standing around and and uh, this guy named Shane, he kind of was like, well, you're the semicolon. And the whole group went silent. <laughs> and they, they had been calling me this behind my back for years, right? Because, you know, I was like, and so they, they went silent. And they're looking at each other. And they're like, oh, shit. And I was like 
that's awesome. <laughs> that is badass. So I had a, it was like within a week or two of the fight. So I took my fight shorts back to the, like the embroidery place mm-hmm. and had to put a semicolon on my ass. Right. So I was like, it's, it's a man-made colon. So it's a semicolon. That's awesome. So since then I've been the semicolon. So they all just went silent thinking this could go horribly. This could go so <laughs> bad. And, um, uh, We've just lost Brian as a friend. Yeah, and he's gonna, he's gonna just go apeshit crazy in this work, because everyone thinks if you're a fighter, you're crazy. You're gonna right, beat someone. Of course. So I was like, oh, that was it was so it was tagged on me, and that's the thing about nicknames. You can't give yourself a nickname. No, nope, definitely not. Someone has to give it to you, and uh, I just kind of embraced that one. So it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So let's back back up a little bit. Ulcerative colitis. First of all, what what is that? So it's an autoimmune disorder. Okay. So it's where your immune system starts attacking your large intestines with antibodies. And if, if you're good at Google and stuff, I'll probably get this wrong. So I'm just making shit up because mm-hmm. it's, it's been about 20 years since I was real sick with it. But uh, your large intestine gets inflamed. Um, you don't feel good. You're passing blood. That was kind of the first signs. Diarrhea all the time. Uh, exhausted. And my skin was kind of ashy. I was just crazy sick for a while. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time to figure that out. So once I got correctly diagnosed, you know, the doctor's like, you probably had this forever. So I've been medicated for ulcers um, since junior high, and I never felt really good. It didn't, like, fully manifest itself till I got to college and was training crazy hard trying to wrestle at Boise sure. State. And I was passing blood all the time. And everyone was like, well, you're just training so hard. You know, that that's what it is. It's It's wrestling and the diet and cutting weight. And so I'd go in and they'd, they would give me antibiotics and they would medicate me for ulcers. And then finally... Were these doctors telling you this? They're the, just like, oh, you're just training super hard. It's just wrestling. Yeah, it's just wrestling. You're eating bad. You're eating poorly. So, you know, and I got treated that way for years and years and years. And someone at St. Luke's downtown was like, look, and food poisoning. That was one thing too. They, you know, I'd go to the emergency room when I would get really anemic and they'd put water in me and they would say that you had food poisoning. And... um Finally, we had one doctor who's like, you've been here, you know, three times this year for food poisoning. And he's like, either you're the most adventurous eater I've ever <laughs> seen or something else is wrong. And so then they started scoping me and, and taking blood samples and checking for other stuff. And then I went to a GI doc and then that's where they they made the ulcerative colitis um, diagnosis. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So how long between the diagnosis and, I mean, what changed once you got diagnosed? Was it a change in medication? Did they say, hey, we got to do surgery? Yeah. So we went through the the medication process first, right? So I think surgery is kind of last resort. Mm-hmm. So I started taking like uh, oral steroids. I took a, like a real low dose of chemotherapy to try to calm your immune system down. Um, I was just looped on painkillers. So I had like a like this bottle it was basically laudanum it's called tincture of opium mm-hmm. and then muscle relaxers for cramping so i was bloated i weighed about 230 40 pounds Jeez. yeah and then i had like acne from all the steroids and, sure. then, and then i was high from like the pain medicines and all that crap uh so we went through that for years i did like the azacol zolfidine and all of that and then you know i just i was never going into remission i was sick constantly and the doc's like look this is not you know, not a way to live. So just get that thing out, you know? So we went in and just did the total collectively. Wow. In, I think it was 2000. Yeah. Because it was when the, the planes hit the twin towers. Cause I was home like looped on pain medicine. When the, no when, kidding. Yeah. So that's how I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember it happening or does somebody have to fill you in afterwards? About the planes? Yeah. So it, I mean, this is, that's a dark story to kind of tell a humorous story about, but I was home and I was just, 
when you're home from that kind of surgery, I think it was Percocet. It was just looped on per- Percocet. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jen was still teaching. And so I, I went to put like a little, I couldn't carry much stuff because I had a giant incision in my gut. So sure. it, was, it was garbage day. But I walked out to the garbage can and I just like threw a little tiny bag in the garbage can because that was like all I could carry. And I'm, I'm in a bathrobe and I, I look like a madman. And my, my neighbor's like, isn't that crazy that the plane hit the the World Trade Center? And I I was, you know, so dizzy. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't want to sound like an idiot because I was like, that sounds important, you know. And so I was like, yeah, that's really crazy. And I went in and turned the TV on and then it was just the planes hitting the Trade Center over and over and over again. All day. All day, every All channel. Day. Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah, we got rid of the TV that day. I was like, this is messing with my head. So, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy thing to kind of have happen at the same time. It was bizarre. It was what, re- what a time in your life. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Amazing. So how was the recovery after that? Uh, the recovery was, I would say, rocky. So let me think here. If we go back... One of my first fights was like a week before my total colectomy, mm-hmm. and it was uh, so. My first fight was Trevor Prangney, so like just jump in, right? Oh, nice. no slouch. Okay, no slouch. Cool. And uh, cool. <laughs> so I was training for that. I'm like MMA is great, and you know I wasn't super healthy, and I couldn't wrestle. But you know, it was, as soon as you start MMA and jujitsu, like this is the coolest sport ever, right? Totally. I, I love this sport. This totally. is, you know, wrestling's a great base for that, but it was awesome. So. um I, I was training and I always feel better when I'm training and working out hard and, and doing well. So, you know, I was kind of going through this. I'm real sick and, and also training for a fight. So it's kind of this weird thing. And, and compared to now, you know, me now would crush that guy back then, but I was like, ah, I'm going to do a fight. You sure. know? And it was kind of the wild west of MMA, right? Totally. Where at least what I saw in, in Boise at the time. And then, you know, we travel up to you know the show the show in Coeur d'Alene and, mm-hmm. and, and Prangley didn't consider it the wild rest you know he, he'd had several fights by that time but um and this is even before he was in the UFC yeah yeah, he, yeah. I think he was about 22 and one or something he, he had some fights a lot, a lot of smokers and stuff but sure. you know he'd been in the cage sure. and in Boise you know the fights were still in Nampaheim but uh I talked to my surgeon and I was like well is it okay if I get operated on a week after I have a fight and she's like, I can operate on you in you know, whatever shape you come in. So I was like, I think I'm going to do a competition like in this <laughs> MMA thing. Right? She's like, okay. So, um, I went up there and fought Prangley and he like busted my rib open. And it, it was awesome. You know, it was like, but I was, it, again, I was right after the fight. I was hooked. I lost that fight. I lost the decision. We did like two, five rounds. And then the week after I had my colon removed. So it was this bizarre you know, I was beat to crap from the fight sure. and then the surgery, you know, so was, I'm sitting in the hospital and, uh, you know, black eyes and all this. And, and then I actually had a code blue, like uh, two days after the surgery. So I stopped breathing and they, they revived me. So, um, re- recovery was an adventure. You know, I got home, I think I spent about 13 days in the hospital, mm-hmm. came home and I had a colostomy bag, which you got to like glue to your body and change it out every couple of days. Sure which was horrible, but I knew that I was going to get rid of it. So, you know, I was just counting down this six week period. Like it wasn't a permanent thing. Wasn't just get through this. Yeah. It wasn't permanent, but it it was horrific. Right. My wife and I were, um, kind of just, we'd have to glue it on. And as as soon as you get the surgery, you start losing weight. So this stoma thing is just your small intestines hanging out your side starts changing shape and you're gluing it up at one point my wife like used this you have this spackle kind of caulk stuff and you glue a bag to you and uh she glued me shut Ooh. you know and so i started getting all distended and bloated 
and we were crying we're like oh so we went to the emergency room and they kind of you know cleaned it all sure. out um so we did that and then six weeks i've never been so excited to have a surgery in my entire life um so the total colectomy for reference is about a seven and a half hour surgery the takedown i think it's about three and a half hours and i was just you know you can cut anything you want out as long as i wake up without this bag totally and, so when I woke up, Jen's like, the first thing I said was, is it gone? You know, and I just I'm looking down and I was like, that bag's gone. I was like, oh, it was so awesome. Um, and so we did a lot of walking and running and, and just trying to, to stay relatively active between that. And uh, so I had the two surgeries, the, the colectomy and the takedown. And then about three months after, I'd say those, I, I was actually back in pretty good shape. And, and in my mind, this was, you know, it was like I was a fighter. I was going to be back. I was going to compete. Sure. Um, so I was running I'd lean back out and, um, uh, this one day, Jen, I was like, I was going to do like a 20 something. It was a pretty long run, but she dropped me off at table rock. We went up and down table rock and I was going to run home to Meridian and, uh, I did the run fine and got home and then like food wasn't going through me all of a sudden. I was like, Oh, this seems weird. You know, I'd eat and I was just getting bloated up and this was like in September. So I had had an intestinal blockage. So I had to have that removed and they went right back through the, the same incision and they kind of, you know, the doctor made one of these motions where they like and push all the shit out of you and mm -hmm. cut it back up. So I had that. So I ended up having three surgeries that year. Um, and then I think that's for that year. That's about it. So that, that was the big three for that year. And then after that, I was pretty good for several years and I kind of started training again, running again. Um, and then I fought in the desert brawl. I got my fancy desert brawl hat right here, like about a year after. I don't know. Recovery for me was always something I had to have like a goal or something to do. And I was sure. like, oh, I'm going to fight again. And so maybe six, seven months after the third surgery, I, I took another MMA fight and um, did the desert brawl. And we were training hard. I was like, oh, I love this. I'm back. You know, and I'm, I'm going to do a fight again. And I was sparring and training. And I'm like, let's do this. Right. So sign up. We hit there. And I remember warming up and I remember up through my entire camp thinking, I feel good. I feel great. And I remember walking out to the cage thinking my guts are going to fall apart. Like, you know, I got this big incision in my stomach. I'm like, it's just going to tear open. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. It didn't you know? Of course. Like, yeah. But, I, but you're walking in there like, why am I? This is madness. You know, I'm like, I could just picture like just spilling out over the cage. But it didn't happen. I, I won that fight. Um and then how much did it mean to you to win that fight after the year you had before? Oh, that? it was so cool, man. And, and like, I remember Matt Lindland was like, he was doing the color commentary on the side, you know, and it was the desert ball was, it was a growing show, but it wasn't exactly huge right mm -hmm. then. So you could hear him talking, you know, and I was pretty one dimensional at that point. I was, I was a wrestler who just wanted to fight. And, you know, this guy was, you know, he was kind of a mat type. He wanted to stand up and bang. And I was like, I didn't care if it was a boring fight. I just wanted to fight. So I sh would shoot, take people down. And, you know, if I couldn't take people down, I would lose. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I dropped down, shot, took him in. And I heard Matt Linden say, this guy's wrestled before. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Matt <laughs> Linden, he acknowledged that I at least had a, you know, an, an ounce of wrestling skills. So he knows a thing or two about wrestling. He, he's wrestled a little bit. A little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. What a recovery story. How does it affect you now? Um, I feel great. I'm not, this has been the first time I'm not battling health um, in issues. I've, I've really adjusted my diet. I'm eating really clean. So I'm, I'm not having to, you know, take any medications anymore. We just kind of threw them all out. That was a, 
for years post-surgery, I was back on all the medications mm-hmm. that I was. And I was like, it was just as bad as being sick before the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went through kind of this process once where one day I was like, you know, I would, I would take all my medications and then drive to work and then get to work and be really dizzy and just try to focus and survive at work. And uh, so we're talking about, I'm like, ah, screw it. You know, we, we stopped them all cold turkey one day and I haven't really been medicated for the disease since then. So I, I feel pretty good. I've had some incidental surgery since then more sure. blockage scar tissues adhesions um but i we've been over seven years right now without a surgery awesome. and um i've been pretty healthy for the last two and a half five months specifically do you have any okay. dietary restrictions you know what we used to do all of the dietary restrictions we did homeopathic medicine we did medical you did the no seeds or any of that no stuff seeds, no, no nuts no berries mm. no fruit no popcorn and um you know when i became the most healthy was when we kind of just threw that out and i eat um a lot of plants a lot of fruits and a lot of protein just smart yeah, smart yeah just you know stay in the outside of the store so sure. um you know, I, I don't do – if I go and throw down a big bucket of popcorn, I'm going to pay for it the next mm-hmm. day. So I don't, sure. I don't do that day in and day out. I haven't eaten any popcorn in, in months. But everything else, you know, that they would tell you to avoid, like roughage, spinach, um, it seemed like complete bullshit right now. So I, I do great on salad and protein. Amazing. Yeah. And you clean it up on the weekends with some pizza and beers. Clean it. Gosh, beers. I miss <laughs> beer. I like beer. I haven't had a beer in months. Hey, post-fight celebration. Many beers. Tacos and beers, man. We're doing tacos and beers. <laughs> Perfect. My daughter said that the other day. Oh, cramp. Leg cramp there. Get a little more water in me. She was like, Dad, you haven't eaten anything besides like raw fish and salad and, you know, berries for months. I'm like, yeah. We're going to have tacos real soon. <laughs> it's coming, and it's coming strong. It's coming strong. I did eat a sandwich. Well, that's not true. I had like a quarter of a sandwich before that last heart sparring day. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of bread or processed stuff. But mm-hmm. I did, um, I don't remember when it was, like a few weeks ago, I had something that was a little more starchy than what I usually eat, and I felt great. I was like, mm-hmm. people should know about carbs. you know? That's, that's, so totally. So I uh, you had I went to the store and got like a turkey sandwich before my last day. I'm like, I'm going to have some energy the last day. Uh-huh. And I don't avoid carbs. I just thought, you know, with, with a little bit of bread, I felt real good Friday. So Good. Yeah. Just get a little, a little carb shot in you for some energy. But I could only eat like <clears throat> a quarter of the sandwich. It totally. Was, it was sad. Your, your body's just used to what it's, what it's doing now. Yeah. It doesn't want any of that stuff. Protein, fruit, and salad, man. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I hear you. Yeah, I changed my diet a few months ago, too, and cut out. A lot of the carbs and clean it up as well and it's funny you get to that point where like i want to try something i haven't had in a long time just because i haven't had it a few bites in you're just like nah, i can't i can't do this i like feeling good i like having the energy and feeling good yeah. weird right it's weird yeah, yeah. it's crazy and abs though you know it's nice to be sure sh- i just kind of go shirtless <laughs> most of the time I'm, I'm they said abs need air yeah abs need air they need to breathe man yeah That's- i'm not there yet but, uh, but we'll there. get there. You we'll look good. There. You lost a bunch of weight. Thanks, man. Yeah, everybody asked me, like, how'd you lose so much weight? And I was like, well, it's crazy. I got back into exercising and eating well, and it's like the fat just came off. People should know about this. It's I don't know why more people don't subscribe to this theory. Yeah. It's crazy. It's I don't nuts. know if it's just a fad diet or what, but the whole eating healthy and working out, yeah. man, I swear by it. But people get bitter too, though. They're like, "Oh, I wish I could, you know, eat like you." Totally. Like, what? Or be built like you? I'm like, "Have you seen me? I've been fat, fat, yeah. fat." So yeah. not only that, but it's like you—you you want to be built like that? Okay, come come into the gym, spend those hours doing this, 
eat eat the way we eat, do this, you know, live the lifestyle. Yeah. It's not yeah. a short term thing by any any stretch, that's for sure. Yeah. And you gotta put in the work. You gotta put in the work. You do. You really do. You gotta commit to it, you know. Yeah. People go a little crazy with the cheat days and, you know, the days off and all that stuff, so yeah. kinda undoes everything. It's, it's more thinking about the cheat days now. Now when I have a cheat day, I'm like it's I just want to get back to eating good and training. Totally. You know, like uh, the rest. I'm like, I get stressed out when I'm resting. So can't do it. Can't do it so well. In the same way. Start to get all just twitchy and just, I got to go. I got to go train. I got to do something. It's how I blow off that steam, man. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. You started combat sports in wrestling, right? I started in wrestling. Yeah. I started wrestling when I was 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. Junior high. Nice. What was that? Uh, Glover junior high, man. Yeah. What made you want to wrestle? You know what? If if I would have seen it earlier, I would have started when I was a little kid. Um, we weren't a wrestling family. I didn't have wrestling friends. Um, but I, I think in the sixth grade, we some friend of my mom's took us to a wrestling match. And this dude just bled all over the mat. And uh, immediately, I was, this is the best sport ever, right? You know, they, they stitched him up. and I don't think they stitched him up. They just stuffed, you know, cotton in his nose. And he went back out there and, and won. It was basically a fight. And um, I was like, oh, I'm a wrestler. You know, I, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'd never wrestled. And uh, so then I went to junior high, and they had a wrestling team. And uh, I signed up and, you know, met some of my best friends and just wrestled. It's kind of how you define yourself after went that. Went from there. Yep. And then wrestled in college. Where at? Uh, I came here to Boise State on a scholarship to wrestle. Okay. But it, it kind of, I wouldn't say it went disastrously bad. I, I met my wife day one in college, but uh, that was, you know, right when I got here was when I was getting pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I spent a year, year and a half trying to be a wrestler. And then, you know, then I was just a guy who went to the wrestling room after that. And there was a big difference between training full time to be a college wrestler and someone who was. You know, just showing up every once in a while to to get a workout in. Sure. Yeah. How understanding was the uh, athletic program? You know what? They were great. They didn't pay for my school after the first three years, but they were, you know, Coach Young and and Randall and those guys let me come back in the room and and still get a workout in. That's awesome. BSU was great. And then I got my degree from there, so. Worth it. Totally worth it. Worth it. Yeah. You met your wife? I met my wife in the dorms day one. Wow. And we were just friends, um, but she was cool. And she's she's significantly older than you, right? Just- oh, man. <laughs> she's She married a young – she's kind of a great robber, yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's five days older than me. Oh, nice. Cougar. Okay. Cougar. See, see yeah, yeah. She makes up these, like, you know, she was a preemie. She was several months preemie. Really? So she's like, well, technically. I'm like, no. You came out first. You're older. If I was born on time, you'd be the old one. Exactly. Smart. Yeah, that's Smart. Such, a, such a bad excuse. That's funny. She's awesome. I've met her a few times. She's super cool. And she's a huge Dexter fan. So she was a crazy, we're, we're huge, friends. crazy huge Dexter fan. Yeah, that's right. For, was it her 40th birthday you did the Kill Room? 40th birthday. Yeah. And so I always bring that up. I mean, I've been milking that for years, but. You know, I could keep a secret, and I got like a hundred people there. Made this massive kill room with Viz Queen. So got cool! All these pictures of all of our friends pretending like they were dead, and we surprised the shit out of her. She came in, and it, it was epic. That's awesome. That's and I haven't amazing. done anything useful since then, or, or surprised her. Or Just keep milking it. Keep milking thoughtful. it. I'm like, remember that one time? You know, I was like, yeah, yeah. For one birthday, you just got to hang up her gold medal and just say, 
Hey, you remember this? Remember that? When, I, when you won that medal, I'll, I'll let you gloat for a while. Yeah, that, you could do that again. She hangs it up at the gym, so if we go through the front door, she, there's me. That's, that's mine. That's We're, my medal. IBG, I won yeah. that. Gold medal. So yeah. it's a world champ medal, by the way. It's no no participation trophy. It's not a participation <laughs> medal. Yeah. That's a, have you, are you a Dexter fan, Tim? You ever watch Dexter? I am a Dexter fan. Yeah? Yeah. You, you I watched gotta, all you get, the seasons. you got to see some of the pictures, man. He, we set up this... Super cool kill room. He posted on my like Facebook epic. stuff. Yeah, it was, looks yeah. like it was straight out of the show. We That's still have um, screw holes in the walls, so I was trying to figure out how to. How am I gonna like Viz Queen? You've been in my living room. It's vaulted, it's two stories. It's huge. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna get Viz Queen over this two story room. <laughs> <laughs> and so I put these wall anchors in in a square, and then I took ropes and you know I had this crazy contraption. So inside of the kill room, it looked bad it was awesome you know it was straight up square totally. off um and her, our birthdays are july so she's july 20th and it was like 105 degrees outside mm. and so i had this like thousand foot square foot room of viz queen you know where i duct taped it all up mm -hmm. and that room was like a sauna <laughs> and so and then i got the the outfit with the the shield uh -huh. and the, the thing and the shirt so and we had almost a hundred people including kids and all these people in this dexter kill room that was as hot as a sauna and we sent jen off for for a spa day and we're waiting for her to come back so we can jump out and surprise and uh everyone was sweating and miserable and there was these all these you know false alarm it's not jen and so we're we're in this kill room and it, it was but it ended up being good Pretty epic. Yeah. Pretty and epic. Well and then we did donuts. We did a trick because Dexter brings the donuts right. every episode. So instead of Smart. a birth cake, birthday cake, we had just this pile of donuts. <laughs> Perfect. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. As soon as I saw the picture, I was super jealous. It was awesome. Yeah, it's way cool. So we go go wrestle at BSU, meet your wife. What was your first exposure to MMA at all? When was the first time you saw it, heard about it? When did you first see this as even a thing? Uh, Jen's Pulver, man. He was at Boise State when I got there. Oh, okay. So, gosh, gosh, I think he's about a year and a half over year. Well, I guess it's just one year for school. But he wrestled in Washington, and then he came to Boise State to wrestle. And, um, you know, I, you'd seen the UFC back in the 90s, and it was it was just crazy. But Jen's kind of – he started doing this thing. And I don't know if you've met Jen's. You know, he was – Once, briefly, many it, years ago. He's an amazing dude, right? He, and he, he's just, he remembers names and he, he had a vision, right? That this is like going to be life changing. Right? Uh -huh. What are you talking about, man? You know, he's like, this I'm is some crazy exhibition stuff. Yeah. What yeah, are you yeah, talking yeah. about? I think it was the boss route and invitational, right? So he'd kind of grab people and, you know, he was using the wrestling room to train and he, he went over there and he won the first time. And then I think he won the second time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of it. it was just like, well, if Jens could do that, right? I think. And he actually stopped wrestling to do MMA. He just turned out to be, you know, world-class at it. Totally. And so, you know, we got to watch him. They do the fights at the fairground and stuff. And you're like, oh, that's a pretty cool sport, man. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember some downtown that were like, they didn't even, they didn't call it MMA at the time. That was like a later terminology. They would call it just like cage fighting. But I want to say they, Yeah, NHB. 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 No holds, no holds barred. Yeah, yeah. And I think the one that I saw in Boise, like they called it like the Iron Man, but it wasn't like triathlon Iron Man. They yeah. just they just called it that. That yeah. was like the event or something. And the first few they were just slapping. You know, they were Oh, pancreas rules? They had kind of pancreas rules, but they had a bunch of wrestlers and they they'd slap once and then mix a punch in and then slap and there was <laughs> nice. there was no gloves or they were wearing harbingers, you know, mm -hmm. it was, but it was cool. And they uh but the rules were 
a little sketchy. I think Scott Marker actually fought in one of those back in the day. I didn't know Scott Marker ever fought. Yeah, he fought Eric Hines. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he he submitted him, and uh, so he fought one of the guys that was wrestling at, at Boise State, and Eric Hines, who also became a pretty good MMA guy. And uh, you know, he had this jujitsu. And you're like, what 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 is that, right? And so Eric was a wrestler. I'm like, well, wrestlers smash people. That's what they do. And Eric kind of got caught in something. And he was fine the first time. I would say in, in Eric's defense, because I saw the video, he kind of waved and they stopped it, you know, like, oh, shit. And so, you know, they're going back. And this was back when, like, someone with a big video camera, no, 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 he was waving. So mm -hmm. they, they show the camera. They're like, oh, he just was waving. And so they, like, restarted the fight and they did it again. And the second time, I want to say it was a guillotine. Mm -hmm. He shot into a guillotine. And uh, I, he tapped out the second time. I, I mean, it was it legitimately. Was a, it was a legit stoppage, but you, you got to complain. So, like, Jens, I love you if you're out there, but I think you know he got submitted the second time on that one. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Jens is he's a legend, man. Not Jens, Eric. I said Jens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric Hines. Yeah, nice. That dude was crazy. I'm sure he accepts it. <laughs> He'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's way back when, like you said, you were talking earlier, and you talked about how how back in the day, MMA was it was like the wild west of MMA. It yeah. was not what it is now. Not not even remotely remotely close. Soccer kicks, soccer kicks. I used to have just dreams of being stuck under someone you couldn't take down and just having them punt you in the face. Man, yeah, that that was that rule was bonkers. It was headbutts in some of the first you know fights. I never got headbutted, but th those rules were crazy. When did, when did you know that you needed more than wrestling? Oh man! Was it before you really took a fight and you thought maybe I maybe I got to get my hands going, maybe I got to do some of this? No, you know I I came in there um, as kind of a probably Jen just seen you know without wrestling or an outlet. You know, it was when I was done with school, I'd graduated, and um, you know we'd seen the jujitsu thing, and and I'd known Jen's in college, but she's like, well, there's a gym right down the the street from us and I, I was probably pretty fat at the time that's what when i fought prangley was a heavyweight but uh she's like go try it out and so I, I went in there and met ben and tunis you know and i was like this is cool right so it was more nogi jujitsu with punching mm. and um that's so i was just kind of looking for something to do to stay active that was wrestling ish it was never a plan to go to nhb or, or anything like that it sure. was just a just needed some outlet. Still, still competing in some sort of fashion. Still yes. training. Still, exactly. and something definitely in the combat sports, sports vein of some sort. And exactly, that was it. That was it. That's amazing. Man, talk about talk about way back when. So this is what like two thousand, two thousand one, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, right in there. Uh, I think because it would have been. I think my first fight was March two thousand, so it would have been nineteen years ago. And Trevor Prangley was your first? Trevor Prangley was my first fight. Jeez, yeah. talk about a first fight. Yeah. Holy shit. And you went to decision. I went to decision. Lost. That's awesome. And I have this, I call it my Chelsonin rib. I have like a, it only shows up when I'm skinny, but when I look, this rib pops out. It's pretty cool. But he, we're sitting there afterwards and it was, we're all drinking beers and they're replaying the fight and Ben's like, yeah, all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good, you know, but my, this hurts, you know, and so we're watching it and then. Prangley like backs up and knees me right in the side and Ben's like you think that could be what it was from like that's probably it's probably what it's from but after you've done MMA and, and wrestling for a while I think I have you know Toby scars I got a Josh Berkman you know on my eye so it's just yeah this you name your body after the people that 
to put lumps on you. Totally. So, yeah. And then there's just some you can't name because you get these injuries and, well, what happened? I don't know. Yeah. Well, when did it happen? No. Yeah. Did you get, did you get Kimura or something? I don't know. It's, it's part of getting old, man. It's part of getting old. I've noticed uh, when I wasn't training, you know, you, you, I'd have my praying the rib and my Berkman scar, and then all of a sudden my stories were changing when I wasn't training all the time. And I'd be limping at work. Like, what happened? I was like, I rolled over to hit the snooze button, and <laughs> I threw out my neck, and I can't move it. And so you you got to stay training or your stories turn really bad. So, totally, totally. Yeah. Every, I, every time I see someone with a black eye at the gym, it's never from sparring. It's never from sparring. It's like, oh, I walked into a door, like my dog jumped on me and head-butted me. It's always something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just see a white it belt. never changes. It's white belts, they still get black eyes, though. True, yeah. true. They give them, too. So you get some knees flying everywhere. It gets a little squirrely. That's all right. We accept them. We just turn them into blue belts. Eventually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How is – if you were just just describe to somebody – that didn't know because a lot of people nowadays they see the modern ufc they see the modern mma and they just don't know that it was not like this early on i remember as a kid watching the ufc's and i thought it was the greatest thing in the world renting those videos and stuff and you know i can look at now and look at then and just i have to tell people this is not not what it was like if somebody sat down and asked you how would you just describe the difference between then and now it's oh man! It, I mean, it was the wild, wild west. Now it's a legitimate sport now. You could buy MMA shirts at Walmart. And you see grandmas wearing, you know, kind of like uh, tap out and stuff at mm-hmm. church. So, but back then, no one really knew, right? You, you'd throw in, you're like, oh, let's take a wrestler and a a Muay Thai guy and throw them at each other and see what happens, or let's take this karate dude and it, it was just like experimenting, and no one. You know the training was haphazard. It was crazy. You know when when um, when I came into the MMA, there was still you know Matt May was he was a Golden Gloves kid with Muay Thai, and I was a wrestler. And so our training would be I would just try to shoot and take him down, and he would just try to beat me up and stay on his feet. And that was kind of the mentality of MMA was whatever your specialty was, you had to make it work. And there now guys train everything and they mix it together. And you know it's no longer one dimensional. Totally. You know, uh, everyone. I think also everyone's figured out like the upward palm strike's not going to kill anyone. Totally. You know, the touch of death maybe doesn't doesn't work so well. No, and it, not it's at kind all. of adjusted that. You still get people who are. Oh, I know someone who's a black belt and they're deadly. And they're like, yeah, or, or their hands are registered as deadly weapons. Sure, That's, I like sure. that. So, I think MMA has gone a long ways towards getting rid of that bizarre, you know, traditional martial arts. Takes the takes the cultishness and the fantasy and all that stuff out of it a little bit. The wire work, which you gotta totally, love the wire work, totally. man. But, oh, it's too bad that those fights don't look like that. I know. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice? It'd be cool if it all looked like Stephen Seagal movies. But it's Jason not Bourne. At all. Totally. I, I, I've watched Jason Bourne movies. And I'm like, oh man, if I could have a fight like that, it'd be awesome. Yeah, but, that's like the greatest fight scene ever. Yeah, it is so cool. But if fighting has ruined movies for me. It's just, it's just the more I know about fighting, the more I hate like fight scenes in movies and it's just like I, I tell my wife all the time we'll be watching stuff and like some dude will knock five people out and like okay that's fine but four or five minutes go by and these guys haven't woken up and I'm just like they're dead, they're the, they're, dead. those those people have brain damage now yeah. they're, they're dead like they're not just gonna get up and so just stupid stuff just ruins fights for me now and it's all superman punches too. totally right? now, now, totally uh, it's it's i don't know if it's gotten better or worse since mma's come about because now 
they'll add like a triangle or some jujitsu yeah. and then back to the craziness. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see, whoa, I know what that, that was a Superman punch. And then wait a minute, what now they're back to Filipino kickbox, whatever it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Choreographed. Not taking stuff. any damage whatsoever and knocking people out in one shot. Yeah. And it looks cool though. It's, it does. It does look cool. I, I start to appreciate it. I think some people are catching on cause we'll watch shows like, uh, like Daredevil on Netflix, and it's like there's a lot of cool fight scenes, and I love the fact that they just let him get his ass kicked like a lot. Like you, you get punched back in in fights. You he, you, he you bleed. You you get punched. You hurt afterwards. There's a recovery time. It's just ruined ruined fights for me. Ruined it's like you see behind the curtain now, and it's just like, nah, man, I can't watch these anymore. It's not quite like that. Yeah, no, not I agreed. Not quite. So that's yeah, 2000, 2001 is your first fight. When was your last fight? Um, I have to look back. Was it the one in 2010? Six, seven years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. 13, 2013, I think. 2013. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Six yeah. years, seven years, somewhere around there. I haven't dug into it. I'm like, yeah, six, seven years ago. Yeah. You stayed active either way, so it's yeah, not like yeah. there's this definitive yeah. drop off and then starting back up again. Well, technically, I think jujitsu guys call jujitsu fights, so. True. If you want to, I don't know. If you're, are, if you're not punching someone, it's are, not. A are they? No, no, they're not. It's okay. Gonna, don't get mad at me, jujitsu people. I love jujitsu. It's, it's not a fight, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, that that was a hot topic recently at the uh, gym. Some people were talking about whether or not it's a fight. And uh, the, uh, what's his name? Josh Hinger made the point of like, well, you know, it depends on how you use the terminology of fight. Because yes. like you say, like my girlfriend and I were fighting. Well, were you punching her in the face? No. Okay, but you're gonna you're gonna call that a fight or like you know I'm fighting for, yeah, so and so's fighting for their life because they have X X sickness. Is that not a fight? And so I think it's all just semantics, honestly. Good point. And, and we love wrestling because it's like a fight. Totally. I mean, you, you use that as a totally. as an adjective more than a, a fight. But I, I'm I'm with you. Totally. In a fight, you agree to come and punch someone in the face. Totally. I, I agree jiu-jitsu is not a fight. That's why I have to use like the terminology of like combat sports. Combat sports. I do think it all qualifies as combat sports, but yeah. it, not everything's a fight. We can make that a rule. Once you're punching someone in the face. Then it's a fight. Then it's a fight. Then it's a fight. You, you could do chess, and if you're punching, it's a fight. Totally. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, when you add punches to jiu-jitsu, shit changes. It does. Oh it, man, it's beautiful. Then once it's just, you you're just punches, a white belt again. Yeah. Like, oh my man, you start adding punches, and now I it's bet. a fight, and it's different. I bet if you add punches to chess, you'd probably make chess look a little different. Too. <laughs> Dude, it, it makes things more interesting, right? It makes Check life mate. more interesting, <laughs> bro. Yeah. Have you have you seen the chess boxing? Yes, I have seen chess. That boxing. is crazy. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. That that is a weird mix of two, based on a song. Totally they created the chess boxing. Yeah. Did that is that originate from what Russia? <laughs> where did it come from? It's a uh, Wu Tang Clan, yeah. right? Chess uh-huh. boxing. Chess yeah, boxing. But where did it start? Like oh, where did, where did they... people actually? I think start it was here. Doing chess. It was. I think it was here. Yeah, yeah, people started like, doing it here. That's insane. Dude. I think it's funny now. Like MMA, you know, it's the mix of obviously the, the the combat arts and so for a little while there is 10 years ago or so they might still be doing it but you started to see these things pop up that people were like trying to shoehorn sports together mm. like oh we're gonna do gymnastics basketball and it's all gonna be on trampolines or see whatever <laughs> yeah. just, just forcing two things together to Jazzer make it like the new the new mixed sport it's like you don't you don't have to do that yeah. We, we have MMA. We have MMA. That is yeah. the mix. We it don't is need anything else. <laughs> Martial <Yeah>. arts. <laughs> Back when you took your first fight, there was probably not amateur and pro. It was just you fought. You fought, and 
Yeah, that's so my pro record got adjusted for this fight, and I was totally fine with that. But you, you got paid in some of them. You were in a cage. Some of them you were in boxing rings. Um, I had fights where. I think we did boxing fights where we agreed to throw elbows and knees and then we, you know, punching jujitsu. So it was, there weren't amateur <laughs> pro <laughs> matches. And so you'd travel and you'd get paid someplace and then you'd come back and fight amateur. And, you know, then I, I also did some amateur boxing, but I had some cage boxing matches and just crazy shit. And, we, you know, you'd take your fight bag and you'd show up and they'd find someone about your size and you'd be like, okay, you're, we're fighting tonight. Uh, totally. Do you want to be on the card? Yeah, We'll yeah. find someone we'll else. Fight. So you just you bring your gym bag and you'd show up. And so the, there was amateur-ish and pro-ish and, you know, for a while it was were you getting paid and then it was, um, you know, did you sign a contract mm -hmm. and then it, was there a cage? And then there was pro and amateur rule set, mm -hmm. so it was... Were you, did you have shin pads? Did you not have shin pads? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could you throw elbows, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, Man, what, what a heyday. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. So coming into this fight, what do they list your record as? Eight and five is pro. Eight and five. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Man, you fought in the dark ages, so much of that stuff, like isn't on sure dog and tapology and all that stuff. Invisible. Yeah, yeah. And they had my name spelled wrong. I, yeah, I think I actually fought twice in one night, lost both times, too. You, they don't allow that to happen no, anymore. You, so. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, don't yeah. do the multiple fights in one night thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. I think the last time I saw that was on like a uh, strike force card, and I was 100% sure that it was banned at the time. So I don't know how they got away with it. So it is banned. Yeah, you can't do multiple fights in one night anymore. They don't do like the they bracket don't do tournament, tournament style. styles or anything. No, 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 you just fight one one fight, one opponent. You're training just for that fight. Since no more when? tournaments. How long? How long has this? This been? has got to be since like early 2000s. Yeah, it's got to be around 2000s? 2005. Yeah, wow. I think earlier even maybe. That. Yeah. I th it might be. Huh. It was around then. Yeah, no more tournaments. I, I don't mm -hmm. follow it uh, enough to know like those specifics, mm -hmm. but that um, I'm kind of surprised because I think I think there are a lot of fighters out there who would kind of prefer to do a tournament style competition. Nowadays, just get it done within like three days. And yeah, just have yeah. like, hey, who's the champ? Do it in three days. Get it done with. And they they've sort of like modified that with uh, with some of the grand prix. They've modified that to where. Overall, it's tournament style, but it's over like a year. So it's like gotcha. we do the first bracket on this night, and then three months later, we go from there, and then three months later, you go from there, and then it's the championships or whatever. Kinda so like, you're still fighting in one night in a tournament bracket over yeah. like a year or whatever. They just did it okay. with the heavyweights in Bellator. Did you did you it's, watch that? It's unbelievable. Yeah. I that was not. I told. <laughs> what man. is this? So Matt May and I were talking about this fight on on Friday night. And he was like, oh, man, you know, this is such a good matchup. And I was I was like, yeah, man, if you want to see Bader get knocked out in the first round, I mean, diving into some of his takedowns from halfway across the cage, that works with Mitrione. That's not going to work with uh, Fedor. And Matt May was like, really? You don't, you don't think Bader's going to gonna win this win this one? And I think he even said, like, kind of easily. And I was like, no way, not a chance. You know what I think was the, the key in that one was, uh, man, I'm obviously I'm all for people fighting until they, they feel like it's not time to fight anymore. Um Fedor was already talking retirement and being done before that fight started, which to me, that always makes me nervous when people say, I got one more, you know, I'm going to do one more. I'm going to, you know, and, and he seemed done before they, you know, they were really? talking, what, That's if you, what if you win, you, what are you going to do next? And he, I think he'd hung it up before he went in there. He so, still looked Fedor-ish. He was moving well, but mm -hmm. 
I mean, and obviously his chin didn't show up for him, but sure. he seemed done before he started that one. So maybe like the last one was really his, he was saying, I'm retired, but I'm going to do one more. Yeah, I'm, and they're going to they're pay you. Maybe. Yeah, I need maybe. the money. Yeah, it's yeah, terrible. They pay him pretty well, that's for sure. Bad reason to fight, but uh, yeah, he just doesn't And he, he deserves to get paid. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, he's still the heavyweight GOAT. I mean, it got to be. Yeah, gotta be. Who, it, who else? And I was trying. I, I told my girls that, and I didn't realize that I hadn't done my Fedor homework with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is the the greatest MMA guy of all time, right?" Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, probably better than Anderson Silva, Mighty Mouse. He's right up there. And they're like, "Dad, mm-hmm. this is just some fat old guy." And I was like, <laughs> "How do they not know about Fedor, man?" So we we've done some Fedor reconnaissance since then. Like, pull up, pull up the old Pride days. Yes, all in the Pride days, man. Yeah. Holy moly, that guy was invincible, and even afterwards for a long time. He was a wrecking ball, man. It, it just so calm and everywhere. Yeah, on everywhere the, on the ground. I mean, he'd stand up on the ground, it didn't matter. He'd, be, he'd beat you everywhere, and yeah, you would never know by looking at him. Bald, fat, and just unassuming, quiet. Like, he should this be everyone's hero. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, if he if he does retire, he's got nothing to be ashamed about. That's for damn sure. And it's, yeah. it's probably time. Probably time. It's probably time. Yeah. yeah I, hate to, I hate to see the Chuck Liddells of the fight world that just stay on for one, six, ten, however many, too many fights somebody like that has. For money. For money. For money. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible to go out for money, man. If, if the fight's still in you and you want to do it, I'm all for that. But uh, for money is a terrible reason to fight. You mm. should fight because you're chomping at the bit to get in the cage totally mm-hmm. for money's a bad bad thing to do Just, mike tyson yeah perfect example yeah mike tyson did mm-hmm. it i mean he even admitted when he fought mcbride yeah he's like hey if i don't knock this dude out by what the fifth or sixth round mm-hmm. he knew then yeah. i'm just gonna throw the towel in and he didn't knock him out by like the sixth round and what did he do he threw the towel in I'm done. straight up yeah. he and he admitted it's this is all for the money Yep. <laughs> you know he's got bills to pay. Yep. He got paid what twelve million for the fight or six million for the fight. Yeah. He got paid something. enough to pay his bills off. That's it. Yeah. And he was literally admitting that he was doing it only for the money. Yeah. You know where he could have easily he. I mean McBride was a slop show, dude. That guy was just like a giant who was just a big fucking dude. And no business winning that fight. Yeah, no, he had yeah. no business winning that. He shouldn't even have been in that fight. I think he lost like the next fight right afterwards and just Probably. got completely annihilated. And now he has a win over it. Mike Tyson. Totally, he has a, exactly yeah. Yeah. right by like, throwing in the towel, and he will ha- he will have that forever. Where Mike Tyson could have easily just gone the distance and just outboxed the guy, just based on his record having fought the greatest in the class for the last decade plus what 17 18 Mm -hmm. years 2005 is that when he fought mcbride right was it 2005 2005 i watched that dang i thought it was earlier than that that's crazy 2004 2005 yeah i remember seeing that we uh we had pay-per-viewed it and we were so bummed when he gave up we were like what Good thing we have a bunch of liquor and beer <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we raided from your parents' closets. Because <laughs> awesome. at the time we were like 19 years so, old. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyways. So, so you, sorry you, to you going on record to say Fader's the greatest of all time? Let's go Fader's the greatest of all time. Man. Okay. I, dude, he was incredible. <laughs> and he stayed in maybe past his prime. That Verdun fight was kind of the – 
the downward fall, maybe he should have been done totally. right there. But I think at that point, no one would have disagreed, maybe except Dana White. Well, and even in his last couple of fights, he finished finished Frank Mir, who was looking pretty decent, and yeah, finished right. Chael Sonnen, right. who's always a threat. Yeah. And it finished them both and made it look pretty pretty easy. Yeah, good point. Good I mean, point. I can see how I could see how you you could go on. I was looking at Fedor's record afterwards, and I was thinking like, hasn't he lost like I don't know five six, fights? Five, yeah. yeah, five or six, and they've been like most of his last fights. In his last in his last ten, he's like seven and three. Yeah, that's better than I expected. Yeah, that's crazy. But all all of his losses have come definitely like the later part of his career. Yeah, yeah. And it won no contest right at the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah I think it was a yeah. cut or something. Mm-hmm. Who's the best now? Pound for pound? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, it's gotten changed up, right? Um, Who, who's up there at the top? Maybe if not just the one. Who's who's top three? Whitaker's fun to watch, man. I, you know what? I'm going to go Khabib. I, I had to think about that for a sec, but straight up Khabib, man. Agreed. I'm a huge fan of Khabib. Agreed. I... I don't follow MMA as much as I used to, but I definitely pay attention to like the marquee guys, and I don't know who beats him. Yeah, I like Khabib too because uh, I think right now in MMA, if they put a mic in front of you, you don't call out Conor McGregor. You're a moron, right? That's just Anderson Silva wants to fight him just for the money. Totally. And Khabib was he's he's kind of done with that. He's like, give me Tony Ferguson, right? The next toughest guy in the in the totally in the lineups who he wants. So does Tony Ferguson have a shot? No, I, think I don't he, think so either. I, I think, I think he, he kills smashed. Him. Yeah, yeah. What about Max Holloway? No, still I no. I don't think so. I think if he goes up, he's got some tough fights higher, right? Was, right. I don't. I don't know if GSP gives him a match. I think not I, now. I yeah. don't think GSP don't of think old, now. maybe. Yeah. yeah, GSP of old. He's also dealing with his own UC, by the way. I've seen that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. His own what? Sorry. Ulcerative colitis. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. That's what. That's what. That's what pulled him out of MMA in the first place was he retired to address that. Yep. Then he spent four years away dealing so, with it, came so, back and fought, and it came right back and so, he said, I got to get this figured out. Yep. What exactly is ulcerative colitis? It's autoimmune. So essentially, uh, autoimmune means your body attacks itself. Yep. It's building up antibodies against your large intestines. And it's only directed at your large intestine. There's some other, uh, with ulcerative colitis, it's mostly your large intestines, but there's some like vision. It, but it's with your digestive system in yep, general. Yep, yep. Is your vision, your, is, are your eyes connected to your vision somehow? I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're, they sure are. To your, to your, <laughs> sure to your are. colon. They're a, they're a key part of your vision. Yeah. Yes. I mean, to your, to your colon is what I'm saying. To your digestive system. Is there a reason why it would attack your eyes versus your intestines? That's a great That's question. very different. I might have known that 20 years ago, but I've not yeah. researched the disease. But I also had like kind of an ashy, patchy skin thing mm-hmm. going on when I had the disease real bad, but... But sure it attacks one or the other. You have two options. Or, I mean, like, two, like, No, those, those were potential side effects, right? Like, mm-hmm. so your ulcerative colitis, the main thing is the lining of your intestines are kind of um, attacked by the disease and they're bleeding and you can have ulcers and things like that. Um, other pieces, parts of the disease where you can have, you know, some vision issues and patchy skin, stiff joints, you know, just kind of... I'll assume. I I would think that the, the vision issue is probably because the your digestive tract is being somehow, um, you know, there's some inebriation process where it's not able to maybe digest certain types of um, 
minerals or vitamins sure. that are essential Could to be. your vision or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense though, especially if you're digest because they say that, what is it? 80% of your immune system is related directly to your digestive to the gut. tract. Yeah. 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 So, um, it would make sense, especially if you have your inner workings are not working. Yeah. Um, it would make sense that if you are lacking certain things, uh, deficiencies certain in vitamin K or whatever it might be that are directly related to like your vision, it's very possible. Sure. That, like those things would be a direct um, result of having something like that. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I've been fortunate enough to, to be blessed with great health throughout my life. And for me, it's very interesting to listen to and – um, hear the stories from people who have been impacted by things that are not super common. Like, I don't know. You're the only person I know who has had this type of a diagnosis. Huh. So for me to like, listen to it, I've had friends who have Crohn's disease, celiac disease, and you know, very similar. Yeah. Yep. Di digestive issues. But um, I don't know anybody who's had, I have one, one person I played ball with back in college who had his intestine removed, like his, his, like a, a full colon, colon colectomy, colectomy. Yeah. yeah. Um, where they took everything out and, and he's had serious issues. Unfortunately, it's like, a, a, you know, every time I check in on him, he's like in and out of the hospital. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's, there's more directly related to it than just like one or two issues. He probably has a collective of for uh, sure. a lot of problems but, for sure um but for somebody f like you who has been able to overcome those issues i mean one of my old business partners was uh you know a, a, a chrome's disease um diagnosis and this individual was you know he was fighting something that to my understanding is extremely intense like yep. it, it 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 can really um, debilitate you in certain capacities and if you let it for sure yeah that was one of the things when when i say we always talk in the we because i kind of walk through everything with my wife and family and friends but when we got the diagnosis um and opted for surgery the surgeon was like you know you could you have a pretty good chance at having a reasonably normal life if you do this like and normal was just like it sounded like a death sentence We're like fuck <laughs> normal man that sounds so terrible you can what sit on the couch now? and watch tv and all you want boring, but i remember that they were just like you, you could have a you, you have the potential to have a normal life and that was like no way that's it that's it yeah so I, yeah there's got to be some normal like, so boring normal so boring. it's so boring so boring yeah it's fuck normal. you don't want yeah. that no you're an a, athlete exactly. you've got ambition you have goals you have a drive exactly yeah you have a family you want to accomplish it you, you want to be an example you gotta be an example yeah exactly you want it you want to be somebody who is you know looked up to and not just you just gotta face Somebody. yourself in the mirror, man. Yeah, yeah they don't totally. Have to look up to me. I just have don't to, be boring. Yeah. Don't be normal. Don't be normal. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants yeah. to be fucking normal. If Sorry. You, if you love <laughs> sitting on the couch watching TV and like doing nothing, great. And if, if more power if, to you. If somebody yeah. says you can live a normal life, and you go, awesome. That's all I want. Okay, that that sounds really appealing. That's but to somebody like Brian. That sounds awful. That sounds like the worst thing ever to be 
relegated to that lifestyle. That's a, that's a death yeah. sentence, man. Yeah, that is death. Or if somebody, is. even somebody who is passionate about playing piano. Running, riding your bike. Whatever. Canoeing, yeah. 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 Great. That's not normal. Even getting out and riding a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I always yeah, pose the question. Normal. Don't be boring. I always pose the question of like, there's a million passions in the world. Playing guitar, canoeing, running. We just named a few. What, what is it that made some of us, in your case, you, obviously, pick this? Like, what, what about it you just see? Because you, you said you were a kid the first time you saw wrestling and went, okay, I immediately want to do that. Did, did you see someone play piano and go, man, that's me. That is me. I want to do th- no. Right? I can play some songs on the piano. I can chopsticks, <laughs> and I can, yeah. I did a lot of piano lessons. I actually was in a traveling choir when I was in grade school. Really? Right? And I was I sang soprano until my voice changed, and but would go around and do the competitions. Nice. And, but it, it maybe wasn't me. I was in there. Sure. You could edit this you, out. You weren't going to make a lifestyle out of it. <laughs> that was not going to be I my lifestyle. I was in Kiwanis Boys Choir. Yeah, see? Yeah, and we traveled. We went to Oregon yeah. and but when we you, went to Washington. Yeah. When you found combat sports in any capacity, of course, it's early on, but in any capacity, you immediately... Oh, it's sounds beautiful, like you knew. I you knew. You knew right yeah. away. You know what? Um, so you'd have to go to that, that first fight, right? You're so... You, you come into the gym and you, you start training with people and these people in jiu-jitsu and boxing and all of these combat sports, you become very close with the people you're training with very quickly, right? Totally. You, it, the, the level of trust is through the roof. If I'm going to choke you out or you're going to choke me out, um, I have to trust you that you, you know, you're not going to do bad things totally. to me after you choke me out. Or if you catch me and we're boxing, if you, if you wobble me, are you going to follow me in and finish me off or are you going to give me you know, a little bit of space. Hey, are you okay? Check on me. So totally. the, the level of trust just with the people you're training with is huge, right? So when I started training, um, I think it was Ben Antunes, maybe Marcos. Mm-hmm. I don't think Matt May was there for my first fight, but you know what? It was just Ben. So we flew up there and again with, with Jen kind of like being the brains of, of everything that I've done. I'm packing my bag and I'm, I'm putting a cup and a mouthpiece. That's all you needed back then, you know, cup and a mouthpiece. I don't even think we had, we, maybe we did have gloves on that one, but I'm putting it in there. And, and Jen was kind of laughing and she told Ben, all right, when Brian like freaks out, you're in the hotel room and he starts throwing his shit all over the room. She's like, remind him his cup and his mouthpiece are in this side pocket, you know? And, and so we get to the hotel room and I, and I'm, you know, you're kind of, you didn't know what a fight was like. Totally. So I was nervous. And I'm thinking through, like, what do I need for this? Like like in wrestling. I need my wrestling shoes and the singlet. That's it. So I'm, like, going through. I need a cup and a mouthpiece, and I got my shorts. So I go through my bag, and I'm, oh, no, I don't have my cup and my mouthpiece. And so I'm just I'm throwing stuff all over the hotel room. As predicted. And it, I don't know if you've seen Ben's smile, right? He's got that ear-to-ear smile, and he's just sitting in there grinning. And he's watching this like it's a repeat of a show we've both watched. And he's like, are you serious, dude? And I'm like what are you talking about? And I'm throwing, I'm like, I'm here. And we're, I don't have a cup or a mouthpiece, you know? And he's like side pocket. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking. He's like, your wife said, when you forget all this, you know? So he was kind of there reminding me of, you know, we've trained for this, we've done this. And, and then you get to the fight and you're ready and you're going back there. Uh, you get to pick your song. I'm super superstitious about the song, right? So you got your song going out, you're gloved up and, uh, that feeling when you're standing behind the curtain and you got your, you know, I'd call them your, 
you know, a good friend will help you move. Your best friend will help you move a body. So you got your, <laughs> your you know, these are your move a body level friends, right? Totally. You're standing behind this curtain. They're playing your music and it's just time to go out and, and do what you've been training to do. Um, so I was hooked right there, right there. And then you get to go have a fight, right? But that part kind of just, oops, I hit the mic, blanks out, right? So you, you just, you know, all this preparation and then you kind of relax for a while. You make weight. That sucks. You eat. Um, hydrate and then you get to stand behind the curtain with your best friends they play your music and you could just feel it like I get to go get locked in a cage man and get in a fight it's gonna be awesome but then it's like the memories of that in the cage fight part are less for me my you know big memories and you know I love that fighting and I always like the feeling win or lose is to go out there and go crazy hard and just get to demonstrate what you've learned sure. just the experience of of getting prepared and warming up and going through those and then just getting to to do it in the cage boxing whatever it is is i don't know man it's it's awesome it's kind of everything before and everything directly before directly right after is really like when you think about it the most important part yeah the fight's just what you do the fight's what you do you're right you kind of you go in there and and hopefully you, you do what you've been training to do and it's very primal it is when yeah. you go in there it's it's very primal like in it, when i'm in when i'm in the ring at least like i feel like i'm literally fighting for your my life you and should the, yeah yeah the uh, the 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 type of endorphin and um a bunch of you know you're getting an influx of noradrenaline and adrenaline and norepinephrine and dopamine like everything is just like flood your system and you get this feeling where you completely nix everything outside of what is in front of you you don't hear anybody you don't have any clue like when when i'm watching these fights on tv and i see these coaches from the like from the edge of the ring and they're screaming and yelling I don't think for the most part until there's a situation where somebody's backed up on the cage, and this is just my own personal interpretation, but when I played football and there were like 20,000 fans around us and I was on the field, I didn't hear shit. You don't hear You don't hear anything. The only thing you hear, and that's why they use signals, right, is because – and and the person directly next to me, if I, the only people I actually remember ever hearing is the person making that call, and the person right next to me making sure that if I was working directly with them on a certain uh, type of a play call, that they were in tune with what I was doing and making sure we had the play correct, right? But that's it. You don't hear anybody outside of that. And so yeah. when I'm watching these fights, and you have, you have like almost a complete system shut off except for fight or flight yeah you know live or die you know death or glory it's kind of <laughs> like or a, die. a big funnel right? it is in life you have all of these focuses right life job kids family and then as a fight's coming up the funnel starts getting smaller and the rest of life starts mm-hmm. it comes out of the funnel right you mm-hmm. cannot think of stuff i always joke the last week before a fight i shouldn't be driving because i'm in you know, I'm kind of shadow boxing and picturing walking out. And then you hit the bottom of that funnel and it's like a needle point of focus, right? You're just so, you know, singularly mm-hmm. focused on, okay, it's time to go fight. I'm going <clears> to <throat> go punch this guy and he's going to try to punch me and I have to, you know, 
Death or glory, man. Death or glory. Death yeah. or glory. That's exactly how I see it, man. Well, it's a weird. It's a weird thing too because I feel like that's that's almost the difference between people freezing and people fighting is. When you're in that moment, is everything that's happening around you the most important thing? Or is what's right in front of you the most important thing? Because you can either get in there and everything else disappears. Yeah. It, it all just it all goes away. Like you said, it all goes Completely quiet. Dissolves. It all just disappears and you're only focused on what you're doing. Or you know what's in front of you, but you're super focused on like, oh, my family's out there. And yeah. oh, the noise and like the distraction and the lights and like here I am. And it's it's everything outside of the cage or the ring or the mat or whatever becomes the most important thing to you. And you just die. You're, you're yep. dead right there. And that's the draw to fight is that focus. Exactly man, right. That focus you get totally. for that 15 minutes is... It's awesome. Close that cage and it all just, that's it. It's, it's the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters. And, you know, I think people like me and the TV phone generation, we're so fully ADHD that you got all this crap totally. going on. And so with a fight, it all goes away, you know, just for an instant. And you mm -hmm. crave that forever. So I've been, this one has been a lot of fun for me just focusing on that, like the stress of, and I'm big on kind of visualizing walking through this. That was why it was hard when Will was injured was mm -hmm. I, i've spent five months you know focusing on will and okay mm -hmm. it's a long southpaw and it's a guy swinging hammers and you know he's a tatted up intimidating looking dude sure. and there's no scene in rocky four where he takes down ivan drago's pitcher and puts another one up right right, like, right for I'm sure shoot. <laughs> so that just happened a couple of weeks ago but it's that focus that you just are kind of drilling down like and mentally you know, you're mentally preparing to face that guy. I don't remember back in the old days what it was like when you just had your gym bag and and showed up and, mm -hmm. and had fought no any... idea about your opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's and and I guess that is, um, you know, moving on to bigger shows with Front Street Fights mm -hmm. and, then, and then pulling bigger names and mm -hmm. you, you get people where you're like, I get to focus on this one guy, which is pretty cool. Well, and the, and the way that that MMA is so popular now, you you have so much more access to. Your opponents and YouTube, and that. I mean, YouTube, oh, you social media, YouTube, yeah. social media. You can jump on Facebook, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even even seeing their past fights and just knowing about them in the community because there's a community now. It's not you and like this five dudes at a weird niche gym that do this weird thing that no one else does. There's like a community now, so you can see and you learn and you know and you just you just don't have didn't have the access to it. Yeah, it was different way back then. And going back to like the tournament days. You know, you might be able to research some of the main guys. Best case scenario, you knew just based on the last tournament or whatever. Okay, I remember Ken Shamrock. That's the dude that's yoked and likes to take people down and punch them or whatever. But the re part of the reason they stopped doing tournaments was because you'd get injured in the first fight and then you'd be replaced by whoever a secondary person was. And this was a person you, never, you had no idea. You didn't even know that they were there. It was just like, oh, well, Todd's going to jump in and... He's going to replace Ken because he broke his hand in the last fight. and now So it didn't matter. Like, everybody you fought was a stranger. Everybody you fought was a stranger. There was no – and I can't imagine, like, just going in, I'm going to fight someone. It's just a guy. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, is that better or worse, knowing or not knowing? I was trying to think of that, yeah, because we had had fights Might be where – better. You you know what? what the, you it was different. The better man wins, I think, in that case. Like the individual who is better at what it is, they're better yeah, at. Yeah. I, it, does that make sense? Well, even, yeah. even still now, you compete in jujitsu. Have you ever researched any of your people that are going to be in your bracket? No, great. No, point. you just no. Go, you just go in and go. Nah, you show up. Let's go. But I mean, it's different. You're not getting it's, punched in the face. It's not in a fight. It's not a fight. 
Dude, so many jujitsu people are coming after us after this. <laughs> I love jujitsu. I have like seven geese right now, so totally. don't hurt totally. me, jujitsu people. I mean, I've, I've I've boxed and I've done jujitsu, and I mean, getting getting hit in the face is. I've always maintained that I think everyone in the world should get punched in the face once because it is a way different experience than you expect it to be the first time you are punched. It is. It, it's not anything like you expect. No. I tell everyone that. They're like, what if you get punched in the face? And I'm like, you know that fear you're having right now when you voice what if you get punched in the face? That's worse than getting punched in the face, right? You Way worse. You go out and you get punched in the face and you're like, that wasn't so bad. Even, sure. that, even elbows. You get hit really hard and it's not bad at all, right? Totally. I mean, I've never gone to sleep, but uh, you know, I've been wobbled and you're like, getting wobbled is not bad at all getting mm-hmm. like hit in some weird place where it hurts really bad like a liver shot livers that's miserable you, yeah, that sucks you pretty much think things are shutting off but getting mm-hmm. hits not that bad everyone should be hit you're, you're totally right totally and voluntarily it's, who wants to get hit <laughs> no <one should laughs> totally nobody wants to get pumped it, it just everybody line up and just take one because like you said it's it's not nearly as damaging you as you expect but it is like a little bit it's it's a different feeling than you've ever felt before so just to know what that's like no, to know that you're okay and to, to recognize that to recognize the feeling of getting punched and going okay all right i'm good have you seen green street hooligans huh? yeah With elijah wood he, he says he's like it's good for you to to mix it up and find out you're not made of glass made of glass totally. i was yeah. just going totally. to say that yeah like you it's you, a great line right yeah once you get punched in the face not you realize you're not made out of glass and it's very true and uh I think Mike Tyson says it pretty well. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Yeah. Or punched in the mouth. Punched in the mouth. Punched in the mouth, mouth. Yeah. yeah. And then they realize that, fuck. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> now, now what? That now was what? part of the cool part of early MMA, though. When when you had guys who weren't sparring, right? So now you got, like, Ricky Steele is a great example. He's a karate guy who spars and has made it work in MMA. Mm-hmm. You had karate guys who hadn't sparred who believed that it would work at MMA, which is a different animal, right? Totally. So you'd get high-level karate black belts who obviously had never been hit fighting Muay Thai people and wrestlers. And in the early days of MMA, you got to see that. So guys would go out there, mm-hmm. and they truly believed their martial art was deadly. Totally. And they were hopping out there. And I, I remember at Sidekicks, they used to throw fights out there, and you'd see that. Like someone, they'd, they'd come in and meet. And they get popped in the face, and that look of "oh shit, I'm in a fight!" Mm-hmm. Right, and they were—it was just that was awesome. This isn't a point game anymore. It's not mm-hmm. a point it's game anymore. It's not a point game anymore. Yeah. That was uh, no, that's super true. I was thinking about this the other day because I really like to geek on like old Chuck Norris, um, John Claude Van Damme. You know their professional karate stuff because there's a few videos out there where totally. you can see some of their tournaments and stuff. Some of the uh, the 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 fights they did and um i i've always wondered like do you think these individuals at the at the top of their game at the time would they be able to translate that into an mma game do you think that discipline of course the discipline because to be at that elite level you'd have to have that discipline but do you think it would translate well into the mma game do you think that they can take like a legit hit um sure I think, but it it would have had to change, right? Totally. Like, yeah. MMA changed the, the you know the whole game Adapt. of of totally. that kind of fighting, and so guys, 
adapted quickly, right? They, I'm sure they'd had a miserable first fight, but you know you, sure. that kind you of quick. skill and training would have adapted. They, I, they I would have to start learning the other stuff. They would have yeah. to start learning the other stuff, like uh, what's his name, Stephen Thompson. Mm-hmm. He's a karate guy. Um, there's several of them now, but they started sparring. I think they started, you know, working. I, I think they maybe did full contact, mm-hmm. but you have to spar. You have to get taken down. You know, you have to learn that there's no art that's so deadly you don't have to work on your ground fighting. That totally. Is, MMA mm-hmm. fixed totally. that, too. Totally. I love, yes. love the people who would tell you, well, my martial art's so deadly, we don't have to train on the ground. You're like, watch the NCAA oh, yeah. Division One wrestling fighters, oh, yeah. right? Like, you meet one of those guys, they're You're going take, to the ground. You're yeah. going to the ground. <laughs> yes. even, yeah. even just your, your downtown, like, whatever you were talking about tables and bar stools and tripping and like the 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 chances of a fight not going to the ground is silly to me yeah. is it is it boss rootin the guy who does the uh the oh he's the awesome online videos of yeah. like the bar how to survive a bar fight <laughs> yeah he does dude he's, he's like, hilarious the table grab, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he, he's <laughs> yeah. awesome he's yeah. hilarious yeah he's like grab the what is it the uh the Ashtray, smash cross head. <laughs> and he's like, smash cross so dude's funny. head, like bar fight. Grab anything you can possibly grab and destroy and the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's listening, go look that up. Google it. It is Bass Rune. Boss Rune. Boss Rune. Self Defense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Defense. yeah. Self-defense. That guy's so funny. Dude. And he's like, he's the best. bong, bong. The sound effects in his accent. Yeah. And, and then he so acts Russian. through the scenarios. He does, too. Like, yeah. Oh, you're looking at my girlfriend. And he's stabbing people and hitting them with chairs. Here's the pool cue because you look at girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Have you seen that guy on YouTube? that like uh it he's like going through the oriental countries and like basically challenging grandmasters to like an mma fight just to expose oh, them like it's, it's his goal to like expose all of, and he's been wildly successful up to this is that point. like mcdojo he's the guy <laughs> in japan who got like chased out right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i was yeah. gonna talk about this earlier totally because he's the... going around he'll just challenge like give me your grandmaster like and you'll see this like 50 year old dude with 11 stripes on his belt get just demolished in an mma fight get his ass well yeah because he'll be like well they just they just call it like a basically a no fight. Barred fight right okay. okay you can use whatever you want i'll use whatever i want and oh, they awesome. just get fucking wrecked that's awesome you and gotta, yeah they basically chased him out of japan just like get get out of here the mma has been great for that I, totally. I used to work with people who were, had styles that were banned in MMA. Oh, my style's banned in MMA. Whatever. I, I was so new. I, had, I, I ran into a coworker, and this is like 19 years ago. This person's not there anymore, so I could talk bad now. <laughs> but um, there was a fight in like the Nampa Civic Center, and I was competing that night. And um, he was like, oh, you know, my style is very traditionalist, and we do this and this and this. I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe it was a week out or something. And he's like, but we're banned in mixed martial arts. I'm like, that is badass. It that must is, be amazing. That is, that is incredible. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm a wrestler. You know, I'll take the guy down and, or, you know, I'll get beat up. And he's like, oh yeah, my style, we don't train to go on the ground. And I was like, you know, like what, what? And I was like, you don't, you don't have to train on the ground. He's like, nah, we just, you know, I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. You know, I, I've been wrestling for my entire life. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Right? That's unrealistic. Was, that's unrealistic, you know? And so. I go back to to uh, Ben in in my gym. I'm like, dude, this guy's like, he says they're banned in martial arts, and he chuckled. You know, he he was more experienced in MMA. He's like, no, those guys, 
They don't get it. You tell them there's 12 rules. You know, like no fish hooking, eye gouging. You know, you can't put a finger in an orifice. No mm-hmm. head butting, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe by that time, the soccer kicks were mm-hmm. gone. You can't. Groin shots. Groin shots. And he's like, these are the 12 rules. So I'd come back and I'm like, hey, guess what? You could fight. You know, your style's not banned. There's 12 rules. If you can abide by these 12 rules, you're good to go. Because everyone whose style is banned, oh, I'd like to fight. But I can't dial it back enough to where I won't kill someone. Totally, totally. And they'd be like, well, the palm strike. And I'm like, turns out the, you know, the upper palm strike's not banned in MMA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so we're back and forth. I promise like, you can do it. I promise you can do that. And then we came to the point where I was like, look, if, if someone can knee you in the face and not push your nose into your brain and kill you, you cannot do it with your palms. So no. You're good. No. And then, there, then there's another reason. So you're like, oh. Yeah, it's always something. So, MMA is kind of, it's less than that. There's still the deadly guys. Well, you've out there. taken away my tools. If I can't punch to the throat and rip out the eyes, then you've taken away my tools. But you put those in, put their and nose I'm going to win. In brain. You've limited me. Yeah, you've limited you, me. You really exactly. limited my skill set. Exactly. That's a good yep. one. My, I come from a, my, all my brothers growing up did Kenpo, which nice. cool, fine, whatever. But I, when, after I had started training, uh, I went to their gym because they offered like, a free free month to check it out, which was crazy to me. But I was just like, yeah, cool. All my brothers do it. Like, why not Sweet. pick up some new things and we'll do it? And, of course, I come from, like, boxing and jiu-jitsu and MMA background. The jab works, Of course, dude. like. Jab works. Jab works amazing. Yeah. And then, like, everything that they did was set off off of, first of all, like a shot to the groin. Like, I got kicked in the balls 9,000 times. But I was wearing a cup, <laughs> so it was okay. Do they use that? Like, I use a jab. Yeah. Yeah, like, they probe it out. Like, he'll, he'll literally just, just probe it out and then wait for a shot. But I remember asking, just like, what do you guys do on the ground? And they're like you said, like, well, we don't, we don't go on the ground. Why? Well, we, what we do is so effective, we don't end up there. And you don't I, have so to. I pose the question of just like, well, let's just 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 humor me. Let's say it goes to the ground. What happens? And their response was, well, everything we do standing up works on the ground. I was like, that sounds ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> that sounds and, ridiculous. And then in sparring, like we, we'd spar, and I'd be like, okay, what are the rules? And they'd say, okay. Um, or, or first they just said, let's spar. So we start sparring. And of course, I'm jab. Throwing, I'm throwing leg kicks, jabs yeah. and leg kicks. Oh, well, you got to dial the jab back a little bit. You know, we're, we're just sparring. Yeah, we're sparring. And I go kick to the legs, and like the main guy comes over and he's like, hey, we keep our kicks only to like the body and head and groin. I'm just like, that. So the thigh is off limits, <laughs> but my face and my groin are, <laughs> are targets. You can hit the jewels. Like, yeah. okay, this, this, this is good. And then, of course, like I shoot the most dog shit double leg on the planet and take the first guy down that I'm sparring. And it's the worst double leg on the planet. <laughs> Mount him and just start unloading. And again, I get stopped. Just like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh. We don't train like ground stuff and striking and any of that stuff. You literally just told me <laughs> you're so good that it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to get taken down. And if you do, the shit you do is going to work exactly the same like you're contradicting yourself what what is it is it, is it we can't or it's just so dumb it is like, dumb it is dumb. those disciplines a lot of those disciplines are ridiculous and they're non-applicable well it's like martial you know what outside outside, outside of their they, they're moving they're, they're dancing totally it's not yes. a, it's a, a self-defense that's exactly no. right it's a ballroom dance yeah. that's just it, it reinterpreted yeah. <laughs> I, I look at traditional martial arts the same way that i i look at religion i don't outright shit on it but I'm not like a religious guy, nor am I into like traditional martial arts. But I can say like, for me, and this is just my own personal opinion, they're similar in that I think you can take something from all of them that is a good thing. Like yeah. that could be applicable 
and good for you and your life or whatever. But to think that one is going to have all the answers is crazy to me. Yeah. That's just, that's just, it's the touch of death, man. I I think for the most part, a lot of people can see through the bullshit, especially when it comes to religion and, uh, organized martial arts. Well, it's, it's, it's similar. It's, it it can be super cultish, you know, it's similar. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. We all drink the Kool-Aid. We all respect grandmaster, whatever that we've never seen do anything ever at all. He's never on the mats. He's never doing whatever, but he wears this. He's yeah. Untested. Same thing. Like we follow this guy that, you know, talks to whatever Buddha or whatever. Exactly. But we can't discredit the, Discipline that's totally it's, absolutely that's know, why I there say are I think definitely the fundamentals, but they're non applicable when you, when you're in a fight for your life. I'm sorry, but like standing like a flying lotus is not going to save your fucking life when a dude's got a gun to your head. But like sorry, I said, it's not going to happen. There's good stuff. I mean, my nephew is super respectful, super yep. well spoken, yeah. super disciplined. I mean, I think there's just the there's same way I think about structure. religion. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of good things that like when people use it in a right way, they can say, exactly. these are the things that are, are great and a good thing for someone to do. There's no right. There's no wrong. Uh, there's only a difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to me, I think that if you were to apply it to the real world and in, in this instance, the real world would be mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it would definitely conflict with a lot of the dynamics that go on within an octagon or within um, some type of a ring just because your structure and discipline is very uh, – at that point, it, you know, you could be at the highest level, but you are very uh, narrow – narrow-minded narrowly trained where you only know so much Mm -hmm. where there is like somebody who is like multi-disciplined such as yourself brian um you know you're able to see different angles where this individual is on a straight line they're parallel like everything they see is the only thing they've been taught you know, sure. so, you know, this is like, I don't know if you were to equate it to like mathematics, it's like somebody who only knows addition and you're bring you're bringing like multiplication, like multiplication and like division to the, in you know, the whole situation where they, I have no idea what's going on. Two plus two is four, right? But then when you bring multiplication and division into it, you have so many different angles to create that fucking number to do that one angle like it's it's an overwhelming situation totally. for that individual totally. so yeah does that make sense too much math for me yeah i'm a mathematical you, you i'm a number thing, geek yeah, yeah. You, you add a lot more variables right you're talking variables you add a bunch of variables to something suddenly yeah. it's like what somebody yeah. on a one yeah. way is definitely like it's not a roundabout situation at that point so yeah. much can happen there's a fight. lot totally. of things so going on yeah. for sure totally I mean, even when it's controlled, the first striking I ever did was boxing, and then I made the switch, and Ray Perales kicked me in the face, and I was like, hey, what what just happened? You got kicked in the face by Ray Perales? My first day. The the boxer? Dude, my first first day walking into an MMA gym, he was like, oh, you come from boxing? Cool. And he throws a head kick immediately, and I was like, I said boxing. He's probably wearing wearing shoes too, right? I might have been. I don't know. He was wearing shin pads. That's cool. I was just like, hmm. Okay. All right. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> Ray Perales. I haven't heard that name in a while. I uh, you know. It's old school. That is old school. Super old school. You just dated yourself. I know. I know. 
it's weird when I think about like getting started and all that stuff. But man, you predate me by like double. Yeah, uh, Benjamin Haller asked me. He's like, tell, tell me about when did you get to Boise State and start wrestling? And I was like, I had to go back and think, right? Now it's mm-hmm. been so long. I'm like, I graduated high school in 93. I didn't go directly to wrestling from high school. I kind of went the, the long route. I got injured. I broke my back in a couple of places and recovered. But I was like, I, I think I got there in 94 or 5. And he's like, I was four. <laughs> I was four. And I was like, shut up, Ben. And go, get out of here. No one cares. You Kid, kids' classes down the hall. Yeah, ben. yeah, yeah, exactly. Ben's a man. I love Ben. He's a dear, he's a dear friend. Nursery's right around the corner. Yeah, man. exactly. <laughs> his, his wrestling is, is phenomenal, too. It should be nice it's to awesome. them. You got to respect the old man. Totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. Just tell me. One time, Wick, uh, Matt Jones, and all those guys, same thing, sparring. And they, they get over there, and we're all like, oh, man, I'm tired and stiff. This has been a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm old. One of these, like, kids, I'm old. Wait till you're my age. You'll know what it feels like to be old. Totally. It's someone, one of those guys, Weaver, you're not that old. How old are you? And I was like, I'm 38. And it was revered silence in, in that group. Not one of those little fuckers said, hey, Weaver 38's not that old. Not, no one no one gave any affirmations. Like, yeah, that's not that. They were just like, whoa. Damn. Whoa. Yeah. And they're looking around. Do we have a defibrillator here? And can, you know, I'm like, and are you okay to be hit? You know, like, I'm fine. Meanwhile, Wick's still in high school at the time, I'm yeah, sure. He, he was a kid. Yeah. He's got a fight coming up in February. He does. Yeah, I heard. That's right. right. Yeah. He's got the belt, right? At Front Street still? He, yeah. He's, still he's, a, um, he's a destroyer. He's man. a monster, dude. No. Yeah. I, does he have the lightweight belt? Well, he won it last time I checked. It's been last a couple years, followed. right? It's well, I think it was like last year he won it. Sure. Or maybe it was two years did ago. Did he beat Hamilton? I thought he did. Maybe he did. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. I can't remember. Is there a 170 champ right now? I don't think so. I, I think, think so it would either. be Kyle Frost, but he moved to the Bellator, right? Okay. Well, so Kyle, I don't don't think he do was they the vacate champ, but the he belt would. if they switch sanctions. I don't think they I ever think created they a one no. welterweight champion. I don't think they did. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know what his situation is, but I know he's one or two pro fights and Frost. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like he's two more like right four and one. Um, well, he had a bunch four. of amateur fights. Yeah, because he he just went pro. He, he a couple beat, fights. He ago. beat Will. He, he beat. beat did he um, fight Will? He went like two and zero in he, amateurs. I thought they were trying to set up him, and, and he beat. Um, no, he had four Joe, amateur fights and two pro Hawk. fights. Yes. He beat the Jason Jacob Hawk, and, and then he, he beat Joe Borshik. Yes, yep, and, and I then think he those fought are, in Bellator. Did he fight in Bellator? Yeah, 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 yeah he, he did. Fought in Bellator. Yeah, Kyle did. Yes, he did. Really? Yes. That's what I've, I've seen Kyle Frost fight so many times when I was in a fight. Well, we sponsored him for my nutrition company. Well, so he, we uh, followed him up and through that. Because he's first. got like a 10-pack, dude. The dude's so... Yeah, he's jacked. He's jacked. Yeah. I know, and every time he poses, he's, is he not he's at, just all... Is he not down at SPG right no, now? No, he is. I'm just a shitty training partner. Oh, yeah. No, no, he's no, injured. Totally he's injured, fine. too, because he was coming out to give me some work, and then he hurt his shoulder. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Because okay. he, 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 he was there at Front Street doing like a bunch of... All of his amateur fights were like... I'm pretty sure at all first, street, and they like, were all like, first round. They were all like back to back. Like every, yeah. Front Street did like four cards, and he was on yep. all of them. Or something. Yeah. yeah. So he ran four and zero in his Emmys, and I think he's two and zero, maybe three and zero right now. Must be three. It's got to be three. Must be three. Yeah. yeah. Jacob uh, Borshio, and then mm-hmm. the Bellator. Yeah. I forgot about the Bellator. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, we had like five people on Bellator, so I. Yeah. They were all first round finishes. It's nothing. Yeah. 
Well, I think well, Vita's was second, but still, all finishes. Still great show. Championship like, fight for Vita. Dude, I saw that. That was the shot, highlight dude. of the That's Bellator it. when I yeah. saw the Vita on my wall. Totally. I was like, yes. Totally. That was funny because I was following it and like, like everybody was talking about like, oh, yeah, AJ Aguilar's first fight, man, and this person, man, and whatever. And then as soon as the Vita thing, it was, my whole feed was just... <laughs> Vita. Vita, Vita, yes. Vita, 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 Vita. I was like, cool. I'm gonna share this now. <laughs> she's awesome. She's so cool. I'm not surprised though. Not at all. Yeah, I, no. I knew it was. You knew it was gonna be this fight. one or the yeah, next right. one. Yeah, yeah exactly. She right. deserves it. Yeah, totally. 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 She's gonna go put on a show. That's for sure. Man, it's 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 awesome to be around so long to see some of these careers. You know, because like you see, Vita's now fighting for a title, and like she's gotten better every fight. And it's yeah. it's not by a little bit. It's like she she would beat the shit out of the person she was in the last fight. She'd beat leaps the and bounds, man. Every She's single so time tough. is unbelievable. But and she puts on a fun show. She's too. one of those girls that fixes all the people who think I don't hit girls. Not that you you shouldn't hit girls. Oh, yeah. If they want to be hit, you're sparring though. You yeah, should, you should totally. hit girls. You should make them better. Yes. Yeah. Totally. To make them better. You stand in, in front of Vita and think that you're too tough to punch someone, and go, she go like pops you once, and you're like, if I don't or hit they her, make you better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If to move and run away and jab, she's so tough. Well, we, uh, I, her and I were talking one time because I had read an article about like training differently with men versus training differently with women, and I was like, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And she told him, and I was like, well, I want you to know that every time that we train, I try to fucking kill you, so I, I, I'm going to try to rip your head off, and you kick the shit out of me every time. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, yeah, thanks, and I'm just like, dude, it's it's no joke. It is no no joke. Someone asked me about Liv, my oldest, who's, mm. who's turning mm-hmm. into a wrecking ball. And they're like, you know, Liv's really – she, you know, a lot of the white belts and blue belts come over. Liv's my rival, right? She's, she is tough. And they're like, can I, you know, can I go hard? And I'm like, absolutely. And Liv is – she's confident enough in her jiu-jitsu where if someone is going hard or spazzing out, she, you know, she'll tell them, hey, knock it off. Or right. She came back to me one day and, and some giant white belt was smashing her into the mat and then – you know, some people have, you know, they're getting to that point where they'll have the awareness of, oh, I'm kind of being a dick training yeah, partner, right? Yeah, you should. So, someone asked her, was like, was I going too hard? Was I smashing you? And she's like, it's okay. I'll just have my dad smash you later, right? So it's, <laughs> but she wants to train hard. She wants to be pushed. And especially the people who are working in kind of the self-defense or sport mm-hmm, aspect, mm-hmm. you don't want to build a false sense of security. Definitely not. That's the most dangerous thing you can do. Yes. But you don't have to be a jerk either. Right. right? So I, I right. think, um, right. in the same regards as if you're better than someone in your training jujitsu, or you're not going to knock them out. You're not going to injure them. You're not going to break them, but you can go hard on them totally, and, and not make them think they're better than they are just to save their ego, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of where you, you toss that out to improve Absol- and get better. Absolutely. When I, when I was talking to Vita, I told her, like, male or female does not change how I train with you. No. Your belt rank might sure. and your size might. If you're a 110-pound male or female, I'm not going to roll with you the same way I'm going to roll with you, right? Yeah. And same thing. If you're, if you're a white belt, I don't care what size you are or gender, I'm probably going to train differently with you than I am the upper belt. Full blast, man. That white belt mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu is the most dangerous martial art there is Dude, on the planet. For, so for <laughs> I don't want to change my credentials. For to, real. Yeah, what do you do? I'm a white belt in jiu-jitsu. You should be the most educated people on the planet are most afraid of white belts in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I, yeah it's terrifying. And anytime <laughs> so cool. they want to start standing, I'm just like, no. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely not. Nope. Yeah, I've learned that training for this fight. Everyone who's, you know... Before it was jujitsu and we're grappling, mm-hmm. and it seemed okay. Now that I'm, you know, once I signed the contract, 
I'm like, okay, Brian's got to fight, so we have to do this. And, and the white belts are like, okay, you've got a fight coming up. Do you want me to just go ape shit on you? I'm like, no, not no, at all, not at all. You go to the other side of the room, and everyone who gets it, all the the pros who come in, are like, okay, I'm not gonna hurt you, but I'm gonna push you, and I'm sure. gonna, I'm gonna go there, and you put the white belts. Oh, they, they dangerous got, game, dangerous game, dangerous man. game. So I rolled with all your daughters on Friday night, and man, I. It was not easy, fun rounds. It was, it's, you know, it's awesome, right? So, yeah. so like methodical and just thoughtful and like not breathing heavy, not frustrated, just very just, okay, there's that. There's Dude, the, they, that's just like a system. Liv swept me and my whole my whole body just inverted onto the mat. I was like, oh, okay. I'm upside down now. This is just not where I was a second ago. They're obsessed, man. It's it's so much fun. It's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's great to see your, your family. When did they decide to join you? Oh man, the night that I got my purple belt. So uh, that was in Weezer. It was Toby's last night in mm. uh, uh, Wolverine Fitness. So, so he kind of did um, uh, like a last round of promotions, and he had some kids, and it was just this room was loaded with black belts and family members and everything. We're watching, and so uh, I got my purple belt that night, which was was awesome, right? I was that was very cool to get from Toby. And we're driving home. My girl's like, Dad, we want to train jujitsu. And so I was like, <laughs> and in my mind, I knew that, that Toby's gym was closing down. And so I was kind of driving home and crying. And then they're like, that, that was so cool. We want to do that. And uh, that was the day they wanted to train. But we didn't, they didn't start training until January. Mm-hmm. I, think I, got, I think I got my purple belt. Uh, we were, we've been open a year. Mm-hmm. So if you back up like six seven months before that mm-hmm. so there was kind of this period of nothingness where i kind of floundered for like a bit summer of summer like 2017 yep. somewhere on there yep i yeah. think that's what it was yeah. yeah how'd you get hooked up with uh gracie baja so um ray morrow and i have been friends we call i call him ray jitsu um he gave me my first nickname too which was the ouch right so that was kind of my <laughs> Like it was like the <laughs> dick way of training because I was like I'm just gonna smash. There was no jujitsu. Like I just squeeze people, and so he was ray jitsu because he immediately kind of took to that whole jujitsu lifestyle. And mm-hmm. then he went down to um, California and got hooked up with Gracie Baja. And man, it was we we've kind of kept in touch, but not as much as we had the last couple of years mm-hmm. when I started doing more gi. Right, jujitsu people are they're all tight. And if you're not a jujitsu person, we're lost so when i kind of started training more with toby's we reconnected a little bit and he was thinking of doing this and um toby's quit and man i think sometime in november ish he's mm-hmm. like hey help me start a family here in in boise and you know by family met jim so, so of course i was like oh that sounds cool but i you know i was kind of i'd come into sbg work with you guys and i wasn't really sure and i you know at that point, I had not, you know, been on the comeback from my un, unretired retirement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, cool. That's great. You know, it'd be fun. We'll have to train together. It'd be good to see you back in Idaho. And then I was like, well, let me know where your gym's going to be. And then maybe we'll figure it out or what. Who knows? So he messaged me in, I think, October, November. It's like, hey, do you know where the Hawk Stadium is? I'm like, yeah, that's four blocks from my house. He's like, well, I think we're going to get a place like right there. I was like, no way. And so, uh, when he signed that lease, I was like, all right, man, I'm in to do it. Yep. And he'd come back. Uh, oh gosh, that was humbling. I'd have to look back on social media and see when it was, but 
you know, he'd been back a few times and we were talking shit and, you know, there's, he was a black belt and, and we'd started training together. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've, I've trained with black belts and I've had my ass whipped by black belts and I've, you know, I've done okay against some black belts and, and I was like, okay, dude, it's on, right? You know, mm-hmm. this, this is, you know, <laughs> let's see what that black belt's made of. And so we met out at a gym and, Oh, Caldwell. And he's like, I don't want to submit you. I want to take your soul. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds, you know, pretty traditional martial mm, Good luck with that. Good luck with that, right? Yeah. I was like, um, so we met up and uh, he embarrassed me for about 90 minutes of just straight up gi jiu-jitsu. Just he would hit me in something and then he'd tell me what he hit me with. He'd show me what he hit me with and then he'd show me how to defend it and then he'd hit it again and then he'd move to another move. And we did that. Pretty much until I quit, which ended up being about 90 minutes of that. <laughs> and, he's, and he was like, yeah, when I come back, you know, we'll train, you train and we'll give you your soul back. So um, that's how we started there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. I kind of have a good timing, too. You were done at Toby's and didn't really have, like, a real home. And he yeah. comes back and says, help me build one. And, man, good timing. Yeah, And then Jen, who watched for a day, I was like, I could do this. And then now she gets to brag about her IBJJF medal for the rest of her life. And, and does. And does, as she should. Right? Yeah. As she should. Heck yeah, be proud of that thing. Because I make fun of her, but if I had one, I would be wearing my medal today. Right? <laughs> totally. So, yeah. Totally. She should totally brag about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, even getting just getting belted, you just want to wear it for like, that you never want to take it off. I can't imagine an IBJJF world yeah, championship. Yeah. Pieces of tape. That that is the cool part of jujitsu. Is and you just you get a little bit of tape. You're like, people don't understand that, but it, it it demonstrates how much work and time and hours of your life you put into getting that you know quarter totally. inch wide little stripe of tape or a new belt fabric cover. Totally. Like, uh, just means the world. It's it crazy. means the world. You see grown men crying like, oh, I got my black belt. You're like, yeah, that's cool. Totally. Yeah. Like getting my purple belt to me was like getting my black belt. It's it's awesome. Like to me, it was like I, I was happy to get my blue belt because it meant that I was showing up and putting in the work. Yeah. But like you can be a half, you know, 70% of blue belts leave and yeah. like the other ones, you know, take, you gotta, you gotta put in work. Like you, they don't hand out purple belts, you know? No. So when they do, to me, it was like getting a black belt. I was just like, what? It was badass. And I saw that. I was like, yes. Yeah. I think uh, Friday was the first time we rolled since you've got your purple belt. Yeah. 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 Sure was. Sure was. That was cool. Well deserved. Yeah. We're, we're definitely not the same level of purple belt. I, it was very humbling going there on Friday. Thank you for that. It's the same. It was good. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. It's, it's a level of knowledge and your ability to apply it in sparring. So I used to be sure. super... You know, oh, I could hang with this person and that person. And I was like, well, you know what? I couldn't have taught like a white belt fundamental same arm bar, right? Yeah. So I was like, I'm the belt that I've earned, and it reflects my level of knowledge and training in jujitsu mm-hmm. and time and the belt mm-hmm. and committedness. I used to show up, you know, with a this white belt that was kind of pinkish in color, and you know, I had so little respect for jujitsu. I would wear like board shorts and a gi top, and I was like, <laughs> what a jerk. Um, so it just took me kind of humbling myself and throwing a gi on and then and learning it, going through the fundamentals and being like, oh, this is really cool. Sure. It's, it's a cool part of the whole thing. Being able to put into words what you're doing is so difficult with jujitsu. Like, yeah. It's a very underrated thing that people, like myself, I, I, show me how to do this. Okay, I'll show you. Okay, now explain it to me. 
I don't know. I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. How, how has coaching changed your relationship with jujitsu? It totally has, right? And, and you, um, the details of where, where does your elbow go? Where, how much weight are you applying? You know, where do you put the pressure? What do you do here? It's in watching people repeat something that you're like, Oh, that's cool. That person just hit that move that I showed them how to do. It's rewarding so much. So, and, and, um, the thing, one of the things I've really enjoyed is watching people come in and they're, they're overweight and they're heavy and they're scared to death, right? They're like, mm -hmm. oh man, this is crazy. You guys are teaching chokes and takedowns. And then, um, you know, a month in, they're like, this is pretty cool. I like this. I, I wake up and I, I think about jujitsu and I'm like, I can't, I eat a little bit better because I'm going to go train in that night, right? And I do this. Excellent. And then four months later, you're like, how much weight have you lost? You know, they're like, 25 pounds you know and then all of a sudden six months is like some of these guys we have lost like 45 pounds they're different Amazing. size human beings Amazing. and uh i have a friend who not in a million years would i've ever put him in any combat sport now he's a partner at a, at a accounting firm downtown and he's like you know what I, I want a martial art for my kids should i do taekwondo karate and i was like no 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 i mean those are great martial arts but i'm like from my own mm -hmm. perspective, you're I, asking my opinion. If you're asking my opinion, I would throw them into a gym with jujitsu, boxing, and you know, kind of a cross training gym. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be fighters, but I was like, you know, I'd, I'd go here where we are. You know? Totally. It's like I'm not sure I'm going to be a good jujitsu coach, but come have fun with us. And so now I have a buddy who signed up for IBJJF tournament in Portland last week, and he's going to go alone. I'm like, no way, I'll go with nice. you. You know, I might not compete, but, you know, and he's lost like 40 pounds, and that is cool. Watching that as a coach, you're like, I mean, that's, that's a win, right? Totally. I mean, he's not ripped up, but he's a guy who he goes to work every day at 6 a.m., and then he does his best to get off in time to make it to class, and mm -hmm. he eats a little bit better because he knows he might get his butt kicked in class, and, you know, and, and then I've seen him doing two-a-days, you know, where he'll, he'll do a fundamentals class and then stay for the advance. I'm like, that's, Amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think it's just evidence that training in jujitsu has affected more areas of his life than obviously what's in the gym. It's, that's what that's what it says to me when you see people like that because they, it's changing things that you don't see. Like you said, what they're eating, what they're thinking about, what they're doing, how they live their life, how they you know it just it's it bleeds into everything else you do. It's our own cult, man. It's crazy. Uh, but I'm like crazy. It'll make you a better human being. Right? For sure. You'll become a better person getting choked out and hip escaping and moving across the mat and lining up down at the end by all the white belts, you know? Totally. And not having someone come in and put a black belt on you immediately. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it'll humble you getting choked out by a 12 year old girl. Totally. Yeah. All those things are good things for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, man, it's been so much fun being a coach. Um, and it is humbling because there's people who are so good at it. So I, I'm at the beginning of my jujitsu coaching oh, I've, journey. I've rolled with Ray a few times. It's, it's something. It, it's humbling. Like, man, it's humbling. Like, I think I told him on, on Friday, I was like, thank you. You made me feel like I'd never done jujitsu. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And he, 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 he um, he does He's super cool. Super and, cool dude. And then we have, um, Otavio coming in two weeks. Yeah, I saw that. Know, who will do that to Ray too? So there's just <laughs> levels of that sport that are. It's inc always somebody better. Incredible. Are you yeah. are you a fan? Like, do you watch tournaments or competitions or any of that stuff? More and more so now. Yeah. You know this. I I kind of um, when I started this fight camp, I did notice, and it was a little, and I, and I think I've 
I've gone away from that. But at first, you know, I was like, man, this, this MMA thing is ruining my jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know, because I notice now I'm like I'm I'm not grabbing the pals and collars as much when I go into gi jiu-jitsu. And so I've kind of had to just be okay with that and adjust and mm-hmm. think, you know, okay. And and now I'll go in jiu-jitsu is like my active recovery days, which I've also had to fix the last few weeks. It's like <laughs> jiu-jitsu is not a day off, you know, you don't go right. in there. But, um, you know, what was the question I get told? Are you a fan? Like, are, you, a, are you watching it? I, I love jujitsu. As a spectator. I, I love watching it. I've watched more MMA since I started fight camp, but I'm, I'm a super fan. Nice. It's so much fun. Nice. And jujitsu, um, watching jujitsu competitions at the IBJJS taught me one thing that I think has bled over into my MMA training, which you'd watch those guys cyborg and all those guys compete. And man, they would fight to the death. Totally. And then you know, the time would be over and they would just smile and shake hands. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't I do that? Right. You know, mm-hmm. wh- why can't MMA be like that? Why can't boxing be like that? Other sports you, where there's still combat sports, right? You know, you're added punching in and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. just the way that the jujitsu community allows people to compete full blast, mm-hmm. choke people out, try to break people's knees, arms, legs, time up, smile, and just be like, well done, man. I, I, that was so cool. I was so glad I got to watch that at the tournament. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, even in their even in their like social media, you'll you'll see Cyborg and after the match, he's just like, oh, I had an awesome match with Yuri, and they got their arm around each other's necks, and you know they're both bleeding or whatever, and smiling and stuff, and like support just all that cross support. It's incredible. Everybody yeah. everybody supports everybody except Gordon. Nobody supports Gordon. Nobody supports Gordon. Everybody supports everybody else. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And then, yeah, you have the Nogi Gi thing going on, which is. And then there's that. Which it's, I'm glad to see that. Uh, I feel like both are becoming more popular. And it's nice to see, like, the Gi purists are starting to pay more attention to Nogi. For sure. You know, because they're. It, it was always looked at as like the easier version. Like I'm a world champ in gi. Like I'll kill you in no gi. And then there's these guys that train exclusively in the gi that are that are kind of interrupting that a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's I think it's good. good for and the then adding slapping in that is combat jujitsu. Combat jujitsu, man. Yeah. <laughs> Changes things. Might as well be a fight. I, that's what I say. Just make it a fight. If you're gonna fight, fight. Make it a fight. Whatever. One or the other. Yeah. That's fine. So you got yeah your fight on on Friday. Five let's, days. Let's dude. see. Five days. Five days. February first, two thousand nineteen. Last one was two thousand thirteen. What? It's got to beg the question, man. Why? Why? Why come back and fight now? Why now? What yeah. made? What made you do it? So, so I got back in shape. Jujitsu started this journey, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we went to the worlds, I got bumped. I think like a quarter semis, some, somewhere. I didn't medal. I didn't mm-hmm. make it. I, there was four brackets. It was a sixty-four man bracket, and I got Jeez. bumped out of there. And and watching those guys compete, and then at first it was a little bit like ah, if it was a fight. And I'm like, I was talking to my girls, and like, well, why don't you just fight? You know, I had all these things, and like we were still doing Muay Thai, and I was still sparring. Um, and my girls were like, Dad, do you, do you still want to compete? I'm like, hell yeah, but I have kids and a life and all this. Like, dude, you should do one more. And I'm like, one more is a bad idea mm-hmm. in my mind. Like that, I'm going to do, I'm going to retire this one. So I was like, you should never like come out of retirement and try to compete. So my thought was, I absolutely still had the drive and the fire and mm-hmm. wanted to fight, but I didn't want to come out and have one more fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you have to fight. And I told Todd this, I'm like, Todd, I would like to fight. I would like to fight in Boise so I could have my family and friends. I don't want to travel again. I, I'd always or mostly traveled, went out of town, out of state. 
and competed. And I was like, if I'm going to do one, it would be really cool to do one here. And I was like, I think that's probably in your mind, a risky scenario, but I was like, I'm in this, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, become a fighter again if I can. And it could be 10, it could be five and it might be one. But my mentality is like, I want to, to sign up and do what it takes to be ready for a fight. And then we'll go from there. So my mindset since August has been like, I am a fighter. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to fix the things that I need to fix to get there. Right. So I, you know, hit up Jesse Brock, Matt May, you know, and, and this is one of the things at work or, or places where you go out and they ask this question, like, well, what if you get hurt? What if you get injured? And I'm like, let me tell you one thing here is when my family and I were deciding to like decide if we we're going to go through a fight, we, we kind of selected a list of people. And if their opinion mattered, you know, if, if say Matt May would have said, no, you shouldn't fight again. Mm-hmm. If Jesse Brock would have said, no, you shouldn't. My wife. So we got this group of people who all kind of had the ability to veto this, right? Throw it out. And sure. I was like, so if I gave a fuck about their opinion, I checked at the very beginning. Ray was on that list, mm-hmm. Laurel and these, these people. And I'm like, uh, so if we didn't check in with you like eight months ago and ask you if I should fight or not, I really don't care about your opinion. Right? right. And at that point, when my core group of people who decided, okay, yeah, do it. Right. So I was training hard, um, did some hard sparring, uh, and jujitsu and was like, man, I want to do this. Right. But it was important, like, um, to, to fix the things that I could, if I could, if mm-hmm. I could get the mobility back you know, cause I wasn't stretching and I wasn't doing like hard sparring and I wasn't like testing my body to see if it could take, you know, what it takes to do a fight camp. Mm-hmm. So when I started to do that, I had to start making adjustments and stretching rolling things out and doing that. Um, so it's kind of this balance of is the drive still there? Can my body still take it? And can I balance this entire mess of, you know, being a dad, having a career and training for a professional cage fight? Um, so it was, but once we made the choice, I was all in, right? You know, it was like, God damn it. And it's been sleep that's the thing you have to sacrifice, right? You got to get up. You got to stay up late. Mm-hmm. Um, and, t- you know, you don't get to watch TV anymore. You don't get to eat crappy. Mm-hmm. And all of those things, you know, you kind of, you weigh the cost. Like, I could get lumped up. I could, all these things could happen. And I, we were all kind of willing, like, dude, let's, let's do this, man. Yeah, heck yeah body's good drives there let's let's do it so you wondered if you could balance all those things and it sounds like you found a way to do it we've done so far i i keep telling the people like man we're so proud of you you know and i did a lot of things to prep for this fight you know i can my hips are, are crazy mobile my my fitness is great my cardio is good i'm strong um and people are like ah oh, this is i'm so proud of him like we haven't done it yet you know it's, it's next friday <laughs> we still gotta fight we still gotta fight yeah so i i feel like man we're we're so close to the finish line but but not quite there good so, that's yeah. awesome yeah and it's circling back to kind of what you said about about fedor like looking at it as not i just want to go do this one fight it's probably you think you'd be in a different mindset looking at it that way whereas you just said I'm going to be a fighter again, and that's a, we'll see where it goes. I'm a professional cage fighter, man. If you ask me, I'm a professional cage fighter. You know, And the one thing I have stayed away from for this fight is everyone saying, what's next? And I'm like, tacos. Ta- sure. Tacos are next, sure. man. Some beers. I, I'm going to face Jacob in the ring next Friday, and then I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> and I have no idea what's going to happen next, right? Because you're like, 
what if you beat him? What if you lose? You know, I have no idea, man. I, I want to go out there and do my very best and then have tacos. Sure. And then um, we'll deal with the rest after that. Sure. I mean, really, barring any, like, significant injury, do any of those things even change what comes next? I mean, whether you yeah. win or lose, you're gonna wake up Monday and be like, "You're you're gonna love it or you're not." You know, you doesn't, yeah. you're not yeah. gonna care. I mean, yeah. honestly, absolutely. As soon yeah. as it's done, you're gonna have your tacos and beer, and then I'm a you're just gonna keep fighter. doing that's what you're right. doing. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's no. That's kind of why I've, I've always tried to like not say I'm retired. I'm done. Who knows? Sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. You're still doing it. Still doing it. Well, that's awesome. So f- this uh, that's this Friday. So if people want to come watch, what do they do? What do they buy tickets? How much um, they cost? There's, I think there's 20, 30, and 50, I think, if you want to be upper, lower, or on the floor. Tables are sold out, and I think the suites are as well. But, so you can contact um, Jen on social media. She's been she's been grouping people together, so if you want to, um, like, be with the Brian Weber fan club, mm-hmm. you can contact Jen. Or you can just log into the Front Street Fights and get tickets um we get credit so if you use my login that'd be cool if not just come i mean you can come cheer for me or against me so <laughs> it's gonna be awesome and then you, you got shirts for this fight don't you I, you know i uh gary reached out to me he's like hey let me or i, re- I don't even remember that but he was like yeah we got this dude and then my daughter drew the little jujitsu shark mm-hmm. right? you know kind of that there's a henzo gracie quote where the ground is my ocean. You know, most people don't know how to swim, and I'm a shark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the jujitsu mentality. She drew this sweet shark for my walkout shirts. And so there's going to be like some red out there, man the red and black, which is two most powerful colors you could possibly have. My shirts are those colors. So, nice. Yeah. I believe those are the Gracie Baja colors, if they, I'm not mistaken. They are the Gracie. You know what? <laughs> they were my high school wrestling colors, too. Really? So it's, it's just meant it's to, always been a part of you? It's just meant to be. Yeah. And okay. I was nerdy. You know, I'd be like red and black knee pads. And, and then once it got to Muay Thai, like you could add ankle braces that mm-hmm. were also red and black. People think they see me training, like, man, you are like the most injured leg person ever. I'm like, I just want red and black, you know, pieces of fabric covering <laughs> parts of my cool. body. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. So, where do people get t-shirts if they want them? They for, for sale on Tiger Tour, or are you guys going to sell them at the fights, or you just do like a big old pre-order or something? We've done a huge pre-order. Cool. Jen did it. I have no idea if they're doing more. Okay, it probably is. I've I've not dealt with like shirts or tickets. My wife has done the entire thing, so I could focus on training. It's okay. I got Gary's number. I'll just uh, I'll message him directly. Hey, hit him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We need more. We need yes, more of those. We need more. I there's some cool logos in there. Someone made me a badass semicolon. So it's it's part of the cool thing about being older and having like artsy nerdy work people so sure they designed like this semicolon with a fist pounding and then that's awesome. And then they changed it just last week because. My ears have been bleeding pretty much this entire training camp. I got this horrible cauliflower ear, and it blew up on in December. Isaac punched it, and it just ruptured. And so mm-hmm. if you have cauliflower ear, and it ruptures, it just bleeds and bleeds and bleeds. Mm-hmm. And, and every night, I covered it with Band-Aids and mm-hmm. taped it. But I was sitting there. I was like, oh, the bottom of the semicolon should be a mangled ear. And so now it's like the you – know, it's cool. Nice. Yeah. I think I saw that floating around. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And it's 2.0 since it's the reinvented semicolon. The reinvented it's semicolon. The, it's the new unretired, not ever retired semicolon. Uh, retired, unretired. Yeah. We don't use the word retired. Never. We're, just, uh, we're, we're less competitive. 
during a less competitive period. Yes. <laughs> Still that's, training. That's a great way to put it. Well, thanks for coming and hanging out, man. I really appreciate you taking the time you and bet. talking about awesome. your story. This, this and, was super fun, man. And, and uh, hanging out with us and stuff. And I'm super excited. The minute I heard that you were fighting, I, I think I literally jumped up and was like, what? Yes. Hell yes. That's awesome. Yes. And the minute I agreed to it, Matt May split me open and I had eight, <laughs> got eight stitches that night. Like, fuck, you got to be kidding me. So, At least it was early in camp. It was day one. Cheers. Day one. Yeah. So that was cool. Well, yeah. people want to want to support you, follow you. How do they get in touch with you? You got some social media? I have a yeah, semicolon at Instagram. Okay. And then, or you could just Facebook friend me, and I'm, I pretty much take everything. I do a lot of boring stuff that's not fight. It's not. It's just my stuff. So, yeah, you, you, could, you could check that out. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, definitely uh, give Brian a follow. Check him out and come see him at his fight down. February 1st. I'm pumped. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to be screaming my head off. So it's going to be a good time. It's going to be awesome, man. Thanks yeah. for hanging out, dude. You bet. Appreciate yeah. it. Cool.